experiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen! That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges throws. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei. Yes. Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined, as always, by my White Sox brothers in arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi and Steven Zim Zimmerman. Gentlemen, how you guys doing tonight? Doing very good, Joseph. Uh, summer's winding down. The Sox season is about 80% of the way over. And the Columbus Blue Jackets just quote tweeted one of Puck Pros' tweets. So things are all good in the hood. One of these things is not like the other. I know. <laughs> I'm just a I random love it. guy. I'm just a random guy. That's what the show is going to be tonight, folks. And we'll we'll allude to that a little bit more later. But Steven Zim Zimmerman, how the heck are you? It's good. It's good. It's been a interesting week. Busy week for me. Um yeah, I just I don't I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we even start with this team anymore. Just when you think shit can't get any worse, it does. Yeah, and I think that's quite an appropriate place to start today. Uh so uh, if you're a White Sox fan and you likely know this as you've been living under a rock, but if you have been, we are here to shine a light for you. Uh, unfortunately, last Friday at this um, this this past weekend, Friday night, uh, there was a there were two women that were shot in the bleachers, section one sixty one at the Chicago White Sox game, in or around the third inning. Uh, just to be clear, the the team they still played the entire game. No one was evacuated. But they canceled the post-game concert for technical difficulties. And they evacuated the players' families, but progressed to not tell anyone in the ballpark. So before I get to the latest updates in this story today, Zim, I haven't talked to you about this yet. So I, I need to get your immediate thoughts on that slew of crazy information. Yeah, I mean... To me, the most distressing part about all of it is that somebody got a gun into the stadium. 
right? Like we go through all these security checks. It takes you an hour and a half just to get into the damn stadium. And somebody managed to get that in uh, to yeah. what is supposed to be, you know, a safe area, an area with security, an area that's highly protected. Like it's frustrating. We all know that there's gun violence in Chicago, but there should be some places that are exempt no matter the city, the circumstances. Um, so it, it's, it's frustrating to hear about. It does sound like uh, from the details I've understood, it was incidental. It's not like this was an attack or anything like that. Um, but again, somebody got a gun into a professional sports event. The implications of that are widely concerning across all major sports um, and it makes you wonder what else is happening. I mean, we all know that people sneak stuff into games, right? But like, that's the one thing that they're supposedly checking for with the metal detectors and all that good stuff. Um, sure. So yeah, like I say, it's it's concerning in some ways more than others. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing to be worried about for the future. Um, if, if what I'm saying is coming across correctly, it might be a little scattered just because, uh, it's, it's hard to, honestly, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around all of it. Um, I know there's yeah. been a lot of comedy takes on Twitter and everything about that. Um, but I think that's just people not knowing how to react to a situation that never should have happened. And I think that's, that's it in a nutshell is it's, it's infuriating, in more ways than one. And, and of course it's Chicago. So gun violence is going to be brought to another level. It's on the South side of Chicago. It's going to be brought to another level. Vinny, before I get to you, it was first reported over the weekend and Saturday when we were there, which we'll touch on that in a little bit, that this incident from happened from a gun that was fired outside of the stadium. That was what was reported about Three hours ago, the Chicago Police Department came out with a statement. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it here so that I don't may. I want to make sure I'm saying everything correctly. <clears throat> this is the quote. We are dispelling a lot of things. It's coming from outside. Like it's coming from the outside of the park is something that we've almost completely dispelled. So that to me, gentlemen, Sounds like the Chicago Police Department is saying that most likely this happened from a gun that got brought in to the stadium. So, Vinny, my question to you. We've all seen the video, which I will pull up in just a minute. But how could this happen in a section and not everyone go running? That's the thing that blows my mind. Yeah, that is something that blows my mind. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think there's something horrific and something relieving about finding out that it was from a gun inside the stadium. The reason it's relieving is because there can be more preventative things to keep it from happening again. You know, sure. make like doing a better job of making sure that a gun doesn't get back into the stadium. If it was from outside the stadium, really kind of hard to prevent it from happening again unless you have a literal like wall around guaranteed rate field like a mile away. Like it's like it's kind of hard to like figure out how you would stop somebody from 
allowing that to happen if it came from outside the stadium. So there is a sense of relief in that area. But the reason it's a little bit horrifying is because, well, yeah, a gun made its way into the stadium. Um, uh, I'm mystified by it. I am completely mind blown that it could have come from inside the stadium, but every single person in that section didn't get up and run. I think if it were an act of violence, every single person in that section would have Mm -hmm. got up and ran. And I also think there was a shooting at guaranteed rate field. There's a shooting at the white Sox game sounds way worse than what actually happened. And that's why I know it's irresponsible to not cancel the game. Of course, I believe that, but I think if they cancel the game because of a shooting, there's madness in the streets and it's hard to contain. And, you know, they, they, they must have somehow had a feeling that it wasn't an act of violence and that it wasn't something that should be considered dangerous, um, even though it is. But, yeah. I mean, there, there, there are arguments for and against it. But, I mean, uh, was there a silencer on it? I mean, all of my knowledge of guns is playing Call of Duty. So, like, right. I, I have no idea how anything like that could have happened without hearing anything. If it's a single shot, it's really easy to confuse the sound for something else. Fair. You know, it, it sounds like, <clears throat> excuse me, it could be, it, it could sound like a balloon popping, like a kid twisting the cap off a water bottle, you know? You, That's the comparison that was actually made by yeah. uh, the one of the women that got grazed, and she made a Facebook post about it. Again, I don't know the woman's identity. I just know everything was blurred out, but they said it sounded like a water bottle popping. And um, I just want to be clear. That again, this is strictly speculation, and this is what we're doing. We're just talking about the situation. How could they have known immediately that it was not a threat? There's only well, one way. There's only one way they could know that it wasn't a threat. And that, my friends, and again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm strictly being speculative. Whether an undercover cop or a off-duty police officer or someone in the stands had a gun on them that accidentally went off, ricocheted off the bleachers, and hit somebody. Again, strictly speculative. It it could have been a totally different situation. But for me, that's the only way you know that it's not a threat immediately. We'll likely never know the full extent of all of it. No, we will not. We'll probably see beefed up security measures at some point or another because of it Vinny and i were actually gonna speak about that momentarily yeah. but yes it's it's gonna continue to be i would imagine so as well so i mean all in all like and and you can criticize however you want um personally i feel that it was handled um maybe not the best way that it could have been but it was handled okay um they did a great job not to cause a mass panic mass hysteria at the game um a little upsetting to find out they're evacuating you know special people but not other people um yeah but i mean i have a hard time with that i get it like yeah it's it's just the way the world works unfortunately and it doesn't matter where you are or what the situation is some people get preferential treatment um so yeah all in all like we could there's all kinds of stuff to talk about with it but at the end of the day again i think they did a great job not causing panic and hysteria they did uh the right thing by canceling the event after the game um Mm -hmm. and for technical difficulties 
Right. I mean, whether whether it was or wasn't is neither really. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know. It is what I it know. is. But it seemed like they kept the section sort of cleared out at the very least. So people knew something was going on. But they again, they, they controlled the flow of information, however they did, and took what could have been a very, very uh, scary situation and kind of made it into something that people are able to very quickly laugh and joke about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ironically you bring up the laugh and joke about portion and uh, I wouldn't be doing my due diligence on the show if I didn't pull some of the memes off Twitter and all that jazz. Um, so as you can see, here's, they're all about give outs, giveaways at the next ball game. Uh, here's one here. Cause what's the thing we actually like the white Sox for <laughs> giveaways. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I saw this on Twitter today. Ballistic vest night. Funny. Well, in its own dark way, it's funny. Um, and then, of course, free pistol cleaning kit to the first 15,000 fans, 12 and over. Again, not real jokes. Just putting this out there for people in case people are thinking we're reporting fact. These were things that were on Twitter that we just discovered. and You, you can't take in the bad without making a little bit of fun of it. So, again, we send our, our thoughts and prayers to both women that were, were, were shot. Apparently, they're both non-life, life-threatening. Thank goodness. Um, I just wish the White Sox would come out and 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 make some sort of statement better than they did uh, the night before because it, you know, I I personally was a little caught aback that the only thing that they said was like, okay, there was a, a shooting incident, likely came from out of the ballpark, two people were injured. I get it, it's PR world, but I feel like they could have had a little bit more to it than that that's my two cents on it and i know the chat room's been pretty interesting into it a little bit as well pz says uh is it possible one of the women had the firearm and it was a negligent discharge uh definitely possible again i I think anything's possible in the situation but i think i think part of the thing is that they wouldn't i don't think it was one either the women that got shot specifically because police heavily interviewed them afterwards. They were given medical attention. If they had a firearm on them and they disposed of it, I imagine they would have found it. So that's the one part to me that says it probably wasn't the women that got shot. Now I talked about it potentially being an off duty cop or an undercover cop or someone that just happened to have a firearm that they snuck in that accidentally went off. For me, that's the most likely scenario. But again, as Zim pointed out, the odds are we are never going to get the answer to this. And uh, unfortunately, no pun intended, this will be ammo for Cub fans for years on end. I'd be careful if I were them. Yeah, you don't want to start a fight out in Section 161 now. That. <laughs> Very yeah. true. But Matthew says no idea what the context is, but the timing is impeccable. Honestly. Being ignorant enough to think it can't happen at your place. That's what I would be careful of. Wrigleyville is a very different looking place when you go there on a non-game day. Absolutely. And I just want to point out too, this kind of thing happening, even though it, it, again, it wasn't a malicious attack, right? From what we understand. I hate that it's going to like, 
almost like inspire people in the wrong way. Like, like with these terrible school shootings and stuff. So like, you're going to see the security be amped up and, and, and I can speak to this. I don't know. I don't think Vinny had the same experience that I did at the game on Saturday, but we both went to the game. Vinny and I met up and of course we recorded a promo that I forgot to put out. Wow. I'm a moron. Um, <laughs> sorry, Vin. I can do it for the fantasy football show. Uh, it was a good promo too. Um, but anyway, where was I going with this? Uh, security. <clears throat> I was there waiting in line for the gates to open. Vinny tailgated a little bit longer before going in. So I was there when the gates first opened. People wanted their bobbleheads for Dylan Cease, uh, which I'll bring down and show you guys later on. I'm sure Vinny's got one in his house too. Vin and Zim, this is the first time ever going into a ball game that they told me you must remove your belt and you must... Any change you have in your pockets, you have to get rid of it. So I'm like, okay, was it going to White Sox charities? Do you just want me to toss it in the garbage? They put it on, they has put it on the table. Luckily, I didn't have any change, but I saw so many people putting a pile of change on that little table in between the metal detectors. Really? If you're going to do that, at least have it go to Sox charities or something or tell people in advance. Um, I don't know. I was caught a gu- caught off guard by that. And, and Vin, I think you said you didn't have that same experience. No, I didn't. Um, I was curious if I was going to get a bobblehead at all. Cause we walked in kind of late. I know that I'm pretty sure they were only going to people over 21. Um, but I could be wrong on that, but I got one and didn't take off my belt. I wouldn't have had a loose change problem. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't really understand the loose change thing. Do they think people are gonna like throw them at each other or something like they're no because it sets off the metal detectors. That's why they said it sets off the metal detectors if it's in your pocket. Got it. Got it. So like, why don't you just like put it through the thing on the side? You know, if you have change. I mean, I don't know how many people are actually walking in with change, but like nonetheless, it's something to talk about. And I just want to point out real quick Foster's comment. I think it has to be said. You know, Sox in the city need to release information on what the real story is so people can feel safe. My family goes to two or three games a year. And yeah, I'm in the same boat, Foster, and I think all three of us on this show feel strongly that the White Sox and the city of Chicago, well, sorry, Chicago Police Department need to get to the bottom of it. Um, there's conflicting reports, right? So in the beginning, it was from the outside of the park. Today, CPD superintendent, uh, I'd have to get the exact name, released that statement I read earlier. But I'm also hearing that there's detectives on the case that are saying that the shots came from outside still. So there's there's a lot of gray area here. And I think we all know that we all agree there needs to be some more answers. I agree. And they need to be better in every way, shape and form. Security, safety, um, your um, communication, everything just has to be better. And to the person who allowed this to happen like set off the gun or however the case may be like shame on them be better with your firearm you know there's a reason that like it's important to keep it in a proper holder if you are allowed to have one for whatever reason like you do use it properly people can get hurt people could die so i mean it's just sad that we're even talking about this it's kind of disgusting but i mean that's this world we live in so be better people be better 
Amen to that. And speaking of being better, I know Foster's got another story here. It says his brother-in-law is a cop. A guy with a knife was coming up to him and his wife and daughter in the parking lot, pulled out his badge, said, yeah, you don't want this and leave here now. Guy took off. That's scary stuff. And, you know, I, I do agree. Like Vinny said, security needs to be stepped up, not only going into the park, but in the parking lots, especially after like pregame, the lots are pretty good because you have all the security with the dogs sniffing around, but post game, especially like if you wait until after the crowd's clear and then you're going out to the car, you know, you got to keep your eyes on. You got to, you got to watch your six. You know, my wife was walking to the car one day ahead of me and, you know, there was a guy walking around bare ass naked, pissing all over the place. And it's like, you know, not for nothing, like security has got to catch these people. So I don't know. And, and rant about that, but nonetheless, what, what an awful situation at a terrible time. And ironically, this all falls during the time of relocation conversations. Zim, is this a strictly a coincidence? Oh yeah. Very much coincidence. (laughs) There's no way like this is, that would be absolute criminal. No, Jerry's not that dumb. Just I have to dismiss it from my brain. I can't entertain it. Um, no, it's it's all coincidental. The relocation conversation is happening again, probably just because the team is bad and you know they don't want us to look at the product on the field. The soonest the White Sox could relocate is five years from now. Um, you know, three sites, the United Center, Arlington Heights and Soldier Field, if they were to leave guaranteed rate. Well, I don't see how any of those could happen. The United Center, Soldier Field. Soldier Field, I think, is actually the most likely of the three. Uh, oh, I hate it so much. Hey, Lakefront baseball team would be pretty cool. Not going to lie. Uh, they could easily reconfigure the stadium for it. Um but again, they would be in a similar situation to what the Bears are currently in, where they don't actually own their stadium. Like right sure. now, the White Sox own their stadium. They get 100% of residuals from anything that happens there. If they go and start leasing from the city, they, they, they just all of a sudden start losing billions of dollars a year. I don't see that happening. The Arlington Heights thing, I, the Sox, we might be the South Burbs hitmen. The Sox are not a suburbs team. The Cubs are more of a suburban team than the White Sox have been or will be. Um, yeah, I don't Arlington see Heights way. is like, yeah. And the part of the thing is Arlington Heights is, is North side. That's all Cub fans anyway. That, it's that so move North makes no side. Sense. It's so look, eh, all, all due respect to the people of Arlington Heights. The White Sox are a working man's ball team. Like <laughs> They, they would stick out like a sore thumb. You know who'd be rooting for the White Sox in Arlington Heights? The people who mow the lawns out there. You know, like all the business owners. Yeah, that's just it. It, it it'd be the, it'd be the guys building the Bears' new stadium, going to the White Sox games. It would it would be the the construction workers and the gardeners and you know guys like that, the street sweepers and trash men, because that's who goes to Sox games. Like that's that's part of what we take pride in as Sox fans is the blue collar aspect of the fan base. Going to Arlington Heights would be a nightmare, I feel like, for them. And the United Center, I I can't imagine the United Center um, being anything 
any and people already don't want to go to the United States. It's worse than <laughs> than socks in terms of location. So yeah, it's a terrible location. It's a terrible parking situation. It's not a super great venue in the first place. See, like, I'll disagree I about think, the parking. The parking situation yeah. is much improved at Soldier at, at 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 the United Center. I mean, that's it though. I, yeah. All right. I, I, com- comparatively to the White Sox Stadium now, yeah, I still think it's a pretty poor situation it's not a, overall. It's definitely not a good. It's not a better location than they are currently. Yeah. And then one thing I want to bring up. Vinny and Zim, how the hell do you set up the United Center to whole house baseball? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I would take up like two of the four parking lots and they would probably have to like tear down something, some homes or something. I don't know what the situation would be. That's one of I, I don't see it. Uh, Arlington Heights is also it's north. It's more north than Wrigley Field by a lot. So yeah. calling them the Southsiders would just 100 percent be inaccurate at that point. They'd have to get rid of that jersey. Um, I just, I'd be shocked if it's any of those three, really. At this like point, all I think three we're more of them likely, yeah, I think we're more likely to move to Nashville than they are to do any of these three options, personally. <laughs> I totally agree. And I, no, you know, you know, I, I hate, I hate all four options, to be honest. If they want to move out, you know, they need to go to a South suburb or just like go all the way and go somewhere else. But as far as a new stadium goes, I just don't know how likely it honestly is to happen. They, they just built this stadium 25 or 30 ish years ago, which I know put does put it in some of the older stadiums. I believe it's in the top five oldest stadiums in baseball right now, just because there's been so many new stadiums built over the last few years. Um, But all the same, like, it's not a bad park. It's not like it's in disrepair. It's not like there's anything wrong with it. No, gosh, no. It's it's the in a sketchy was... neighborhood, but like it's going to be in a sketchy neighborhood if it's within the city limits of Chicago. So what do you do about well, see, that? See, and that's like, the thing is like Bridgeport's not really sketchy. It just happens to be on the edge of some bad parts. Like Bridgeport itself, where the park is, it's a good neighborhood. It just happens to be not too far away from like, the projects and you know some of those rougher areas and that's unfortunately you know a big stadium is going to attract that kind of thing you know um it's it's unfortunate and you know i think we all would love them to stay where they are especially if there's an ownership change you know maybe they're just like you know what we have this beautiful ballpark here it was built i want to say i think it was 1993 I have to double check. It was built in 1991. It is the eighth oldest stadium in Major League Baseball. Yes, but it was built in 1991. But they refurbished and did a whole different look change after the World Series win. I want to say it was 06 or 07. Because in 91, it had the blue outer shell around the outside and, and then the they seats, changed the seats were blue until like oh seven or something yep the seats were blue except they left the one the one seat in the outfield where uh two two seats were Canerco and Pesednik's home runs hit yep um and everything else is is removed but uh it and then the outer shell on the top of the dome was like this uh like light blue color and then when they redid it they made it look more 
like old Comiskey Park with like, you know, modernized looks and, and kind of rafters and stuff like that. Um, so technically the park was built in 91, but there's been a lot of change since then. That's very fair. Um, the thing people also forget is there's six years left on the lease. So things could be figured out over six years. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to say it out loud. Can, can violence get worse in the city of Chicago? I mean, I guess it could. I hope yeah, it could. Yeah, PZ makes a great point is, you know, if they moved out of the city of Chicago, they'd have to establish an entirely new fan base. That's a big reason why I don't think it would happen. I mean, like we talked about last week, if they leave Chicago as a whole and go to a new city, they wouldn't be the White Sox anymore. You know, they'd become the the I don't know, Nashville farmers or whatever the hell they want out there. The, the Nashville. Uh, no, it'd probably be something to do with music. The, the Nashville sounds or something like that is what they call themselves. There you you know, something like that. Um, the Nashville notes. Yeah, there you go. But <laughs> so, up, so you're already, you know, effectively restarting all over with that. I mean, how many White Sox fans, honestly, how many White Sox fans have sworn from day one that they would never root for the Cubs? But if the White Sox went to Nashville, they'd turn into Cubs fans, you know, like Chicago's proud of it, of its teams, you know, probably for all of the wrong reasons, because uh, our teams suck. But I just I don't see it. I don't see it going over well, no matter where they move to. Um, and if they move out of the city of Chicago, they damn well better rebrand the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. That's not going to happen. And and I'm like, not even talking just like moving out of the state. I'm literally talking if they were to move 20 miles south, 20 miles west. That's it. You're, you're not Chicago anymore. No, we give people like Bragg's enough shit for living out in Indiana and saying, well, I live in the Chicagoland area. No, you're from Indiana, bro. Don't try and say otherwise. Like, it's a point of emphasis, a point of pride. Wow, that's a direct. That's a direct shot at someone. Okay, first of all, it's brags. I think we're allowed to. Second of all, it's just an example because it's it's a very <laughs> well known, you know, thing that he likes to say he's from the Chicagoland area. He's in on the joke. I would agree he's from the Chicagoland area, but don't try and say you're from Chicago. Like, there's a difference. I don't even try to say I'm from Chicago. <sighs> yeah, I I say I'm a Chicagoan living in St. Joseph, Michigan. <laughs> huh. Oh wow, we actually have a, a surprise guest that I didn't actually think was going to be able to make it. Although it appears his internet might not be working very well right now, so I'll wait until <laughs> it works to bring him on. But um, oh. That's enough White Sox talk for today, yeah? Hey, no. We need real White Sox talk for a second here. For a yeah, second they're losing here. six to nothing. No, Vinny and, I made, Vinny and I made a bet last week, and I want to know. No, I was the moderator. You and there. Joe. You and Joe went at it over it. I was the moderator. We, we, <laughs> we were trying to determine whether the White Sox would reach 80 losses or 50 wins first, and I would just simply like to point out that the White Sox still have not reached 80 losses. All right. If you told me they weren't going to reach 80 losses till the night of our next show, I would have thought you yeah. were both crazy. I mean, I thought I thought they would have reached it already, honestly. The, the fact that they're at 52 wins right now, I'm like, guys, 
11 more the rest of the way. Can we just get 11 more wins? Let's not get triple digit losses. That's all I'm rooting for the rest of this season. Um, Cause that's about all there is left to root for. Yeah. You know, let's, and, let's not be as bad as Kansas city. <laughs> yeah. And the lottery makes it less fun to cheer for losses, right? Like, right. The lottery actually makes it more fun for this time of year because yeah. you're like, all right, well, we know the Sox are going to get a good pick, but like we can still root for them to win games because, you know, they're awful either way. Exactly. And the MLB draft doesn't change things the way the NHL draft or the NBA draft, which those leagues tanking still doesn't work all that well either because Connor Bedard going to the Blackhawks, that makes it like that makes it like seven straight years that the number one worst team didn't have the number one pick. Meanwhile, in the NFL, you've got Arizona starting a quarterback next week that wasn't on their roster three days ago. Yeah, yeah. They're just blatantly. They need a lottery now. I think it's time now. I used to be against it for the NFL because I didn't see tanking as visually as the other leagues. But now I do. No, I love it. I love it. Really? You like tanking? I'm cool with it. Because Trey Lance still gets drafted at number three. You know, That's fair. Uh, uh, Trayvon Walker still ends up as a number one overall pick. Like, is Trayvon hey, Walker a bad player? What you say player? about the Jaguars? Hey, I, I, <laughs> let me finish. Is Trayvon Walker a bad Tank, player? Baby. No, absolutely not. Is he worthy of the number one overall pick? No, I absolutely agree. not. I agree. They regret like, not taking the kid Detroit got. Um, yeah, Hutchinson. Hutchinson has turned out to be a stud. Yeah, yeah, and like that's what's fun about the NFL is because prospects are so much less surefire in that league. So that's true. You know, it's, it's because there is no development system for these guys. You know, all the other leagues have some sort of developmental system. Even, even if it is just, you know, the summer league for the NBA, these guys get a chance to be around veterans, to learn the game, to get up to speed with the professional level versus college. And frankly, you know, the difference between college and professional is not nearly as drastic in something like basketball versus something like baseball or something like the NFL. Um, So that's why, yeah, that's why I, I love the fact that there is no minors in football too because it makes it so much harder to get those draft picks, right? It makes those draft picks so much more valuable. It makes Trey Lance being picked at three overall, even funnier. <laughs> like, yeah, he could, they got who, who would have thought, who would have thought that this guy who's only taken 400 snaps since his sophomore year of high school, wouldn't work out in the NFL. Like, I don't know. That's Sorry. true. I, I shouldn't, that. I shouldn't poke at Trey Lance. It's not his fault that, uh, he was drafted so high. In fact, he did absolutely everything right. He's making a boatload of money. I would feel bad for the guy if he wasn't a gazillionaire because of all of this. Like, I mean, the guy's made over $30 million just by being that draft pick. So I, I'm not really going to feel that bad for him. But, like, it does suck that, you know, he's in the national spotlight going through all of it. I mean, he's not, he's not even the number two QB in Dallas. He's the number three. Who's number two? Cooper Rush? Yeah, I'd say I'd say okay. Rush is number two in my book. Yeah, hey, I uh, I scored. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, I got my first Tyson Bagent card yesterday. There you go, cool. So his stuff is selling like hotcakes right now, and especially after he's been announced as the number two quarterback, basically, um, that's super exciting. So, well, hey, nothing like the Chicago Bears to have two Justin Fields on their team. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I mean, guess. No, no, no joke. I mean, Bajan's style of play is as stunningly close to that of Justin. I'm not saying that they're clones of each other, but what Frank, I am saying. I, I think Bajan is way better in the pocket. Oh, first, I mean, I would agree with that yeah. too, but I'm just saying like, they're both really electric players and yeah, it's fair. It's fair. You guys want to talk some fantasy? We can, uh, because this is a good time to remind everybody that next week we will not be having our regularly scheduled South Burbs Hitmen as we will be doing the Barroom Fantasy Draft. We are running That's a 12-man right. league this year. Uh, so as to include our founder and beloved podfather, Aldo. That's right. Aldo Gandillo will be there. A bunch of your network hosts, including one of my fantasy football podcast co-hosts and my radio father i'm talking about john santucci the tooch and he's with us right now what's up tooch tooch is on mute on mute but hey uh there he is i was i was trying to unmute but there's this lag you know i don't know why uh what the hell let you're here we got you yeah i yeah wi-fi uh I'm here with my radio son and Vinny, my first time with Vinny, really, right? Um, I think once or twice. Maybe once before. Yeah. Vinny for was sure. uh Hanover Park Little Leaguer when I was coaching Little League. I gotta bring up the picture of my coaching days. I have that hat and jersey. And I have that Hanover. jersey. <laughs> I have that jersey in orange, blue, and um gray. I'm not even kidding. And I always tell the story that I was walking up one time before a game and there was one dude hitting a long freaking home run. It was Vinny. <laughs> it's the one thing in life I was ever good at. Hit was the ball a mile. Yeah. If, I couldn't play you... any other position other than first base, <laughs> I, but I've, I had to hit it to the wall to get a double, but I was able to hit it to the wall with regularity. Uh, Vinny and his, <laughs> and his brother Joey were uh, uh, in the league back when I was a board member and coaching. Uh, coaching my son Zim, you look like you look like you look skinny compared to me. But <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Vinny in a while. I mean, uh, 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 Zim in a while. But uh, Joe, my radio son, and uh, Vinny. What's up, buddy? Vinny, I kind you're kind of like my other radio son now since we yeah, have yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. If I dominate, if I dominate your guillotine league one more year, I, though, you, I you, swear to God, you guys are going to be my sons. You you almost died uh, like six times. Yeah, six times. You, yep. He beat me <laughs> in the strategy. most ridiculous way ever. You want to tell that story, Vin? Yeah. Um, Monday night football. Bucks. I forget who the Bucks were playing, but it doesn't matter. They <laughs> won the game, or they lost the game in the end, but. Joe had like a zero point whatever lead on me and I was about to get chopped and Tom Brady hikes the football and he pitches it to whatever, whoever the running back was in that moment. And he ran and they started to do the, um, the, what's it called? The rugby style will keep lateraling it till the clock runs out type of deal to end the game. And they chipped it to Godwin who picked up a couple yards before pitching it. And Godwin put me ahead of Joe Mandel and he was eliminated by my point. Zero, zero, one. something, yeah, and then freaking, I ended up going on to win the whole thing. So I made it to yeah, week ten amazing. in year one and won the whole thing last year. So yeah, um, I have. What, a what do you think of uh, the format 
for guillotine. Um, it is by far my favorite fantasy in any sport. I think, <laughs> and I have I've done so dynasty. Hard, though, man. I've it's... done dynasty hockey leagues. I've done baseball leagues where you could keep like your top three people. I've done football leagues where the quarterbacks get a hundred yeah. points a game. I, I've literally, I've done it all. And that one is by far my favorite. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's great hey, that you bring it up because I there's Zim so many people done, out there. Uh, a guillotine. No, he's shaking have, his head. Uh, no. Gotta but, have uh, Zim try it out. If he's interested, we got some slots. And, and I, I know, I know Foster here in the chat, uh, had talked to me. He was interested, so I'll have to hook him up with you. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Foster, we'll, we're going to talk and tell all our listeners because there's a lot of people out there that don't know what a guillotine league is in fantasy. So, layman's terms, there is a team for every week of the NFL season. 18 teams you draft in the beginning. There's no kickers and every no single no defenses and just offensive players every single week, the lowest scoring team out of all the teams in the league gets chopped out of the league. All the players from that roster go on to waivers and you have, I think it's 200 free dollars, right? To bid on use fake money. 1000. Sorry. 1000 fake dollars to use over the course of the season. Yep. And you can bid on players as they it's blind bidding against the other guys for those players that go on to waivers, it's absolute pandemonium and it's just so much fun. It is. Yep. It's uh it's it's the most challenging to me. 18 teams, mate. Get past like round one and two, and you're like, who the hell am I drafting? It's like there's nobody left, you know. The draft is insane. It is definitely crazy. Yeah. But it's it's yeah, so much the fun, the format. Hard. It's hard, yeah. The draft is hard as shit. You gotta just like take a flyer on somebody towards the end of the draft. That's true. That's true. And then people whose flyers don't work end up getting chopped early. And then um, at other points, it's like, when do I use my money? Do I save some of it for the end of the year? Then you realize at the end of the year, nobody else is going to have that much money left. And a Travis Kelsey might cost you $4 in week 11, like, because everybody's going to be out of their money. And as long as you have more money, than everybody else, then you'll have a chance yeah. to really pick up guys on the cheap. So, you know, the my biggest strategy last year was looking at what was the most money someone else could spend on this guy. And that's how you win every wire that you want towards the end if you make it that far. Yeah. And week one through 10, you just have to hope to survive. It's hard to balance, you know, because you're like, man, I was almost chopped. I got to buy somebody, you know, during the first, you know, the first mm-hmm. part of the season, first half mm-hmm. of the season. I got. I got to get this guy, you know, I spend 250 or 500, you know, on somebody 400, you know, and then, you know, you're not going to have, like Vinny said, money at the end of the year. But yeah. I will tell you, this year is, is, I think, I think this year, whether it's, whether you're playing PPR, regular fantasy or guillotine or anything, this year, the, the, uh, uh the, the draft, uh, position or rankings and, the strategy for drafting just any it, it's the toughest this year. The game, the game has changed too. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's amazing how one one and a half seasons can really change how fantasy is put together. Yeah. Almost every quarterback is decent to really good. You know, you can wait longer on a quarterback. You don't have to take a quarterback in the second or third round anymore. I did a draft yesterday where i got joe burrow in the sixth and i got Tua in the ninth as a backup um 
I'll take that every day of the week. The new strategy, guys, is it's wide receiver and get your top tier tight end. Um, almost now, like that's how I've been drafting for three years and have almost won the barroom league all of those years because of it. Yeah, and this running back so scarce, not only that, but so many teams are using a running back by not community. valued either. You know, the, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to toot my own horn on that one, but it's just like I, got, I caught a lot of flack for going my RB zero strategy the last couple of years. And now it's like, oh, my God, we have to draft wide receivers early. It's like, yeah, you guys should have figured this out before you let me start stacking my team with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase. And <laughs> I, I yeah, wind up with Mark Andrews at tight end. It's like, come on, guys. Hey, if, if you want, like, of course, league, I'm going to win with all of that in a PPR league. If you actually won the league once, so you'd be able to toot your horn a little louder. I sure would. Uh, but I don't know how to play my running backs. So <laughs> I always end up losing because those running backs, you know, you still do have to have them on the roster. It still does matter how you play them and when you play them. You can't always get lucky and find, you know, somebody like Dante, Deontay Foreman, who broke out last year after the McCaffrey trade. You can't always get lucky and have you know, a, a Justin Fields fall to you in the 12th round because everybody else is to where Jalen Hurts, you know, is another guy who that happened with a lot last year. Um, there's there's guys like that every year, though. It always happens. I think yeah. luck is just as important as strategy when it comes down to it at the end of the day. And it's not even saying like, hope guys don't pick the guys that you want. It's just like, screw it, you know, Romeo Dubs has to be good if uh, if Aaron, or if uh, Devontae Adams isn't there. And it's like, well, he was good, but he wasn't fantasy good. Like, huh. Yeah, I don't know if there's any Packers that I'm really excited about. I'm definitely not excited about Christian Watson. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Watson's really going to blossom. You know how many drop balls he had last year? He's one of the drops used players in all of football. Didn't he have like a I four touchdown Jones. <laughs> He right? did. They have a four. He had a four touchdown game, right, or five touchdowns, or something. Yeah, one. That, that was one game. It. I know, but yeah, it's like that's the that's the ceiling, though. You know. No, I, mean, I think hopefully. Aaron Jones goes through the roof for the Packers because I mean, how how do you help out an experienced quarterbacks by getting your run game going? Well, Shut Aaron down. Jones has already been one of the best runners in the league, so yeah, you're just so undervalued. Ball even more often. Fourth round, I see him going in fourth round, fifth round. Yeah, Scooch, do you do you have a a league winner for us in like, you know, the the late second to you know mid fourth round? Is there a guy that you think in there is going to finish potential guy to win your league? I think you have to look at the Baltimore Ravens a little bit this year because they've got a new offensive coordinator that's you know uh, uh, going to change a little bit of the old. Uh, kind of clunky offenses they used to have where, you know, they put put a little bit more emphasis on the passing game. And then, you know, of course, you have Lamar Jackson and his legs. You got J.K. Dobbins, who's uh, – I think he's – this will be his, a year – more than a year removed from an ACL tear, uh, mm-hmm. ready to, uh, to, to break out. And then they have a really nice young wide receiver named Zay Flowers, you know, a little guy who's you know, got about the same amount of hype as Jerry Judy did when he came into the league. And then, of course – you know, you've got Mark Andrews still there, who's arguably second banana to Kelsey. So, uh, to me, I, 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 this is a, a year where you can like really look at the Ravens as being one of those mm-hmm. teams. 
So uh, one of those and you guys. got and you got Duvernay and you have Beckham there as well now. Beckham Jr. Oh, that, so. uh, Odell Beckham is there, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, man, uh, are always gonna. So the Chiefs are are a little interesting this year. I, I think uh, you're seeing Kelsey going first round and early first round because people want that advantage at tight end, you know, that no one else has because the offense goes through Kelsey. You know, sure. He's almost like taking a top wide receiver. Uh, don't be fooled by the projections for points because I think he'll be, you know, he might he might be behind Jefferson and Chase at three if he was sure. But the interesting couple guys they got that are taking the place of uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Tyreek Hill. You know, uh, they 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 signed Kadarius Tony in the off season, mm-hmm. who's kind of, you know, one of those speedy break. Yeah. Boom, rats, boom bust. Treme- tremendous athlete. And then sky Moore is the other guy. And one of those two guys, you know, I've actually been grabbing like a couple of those guys late, but if not both of them, just to see like, if you hit on one of them, those guys might, you know, open it up a little bit. But uh, another guy I think you got to look at is uh, with, with Terry McLaurin's injury and, 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 and Curtis Samuel's injury. I look at John Dotson, uh, a little bit over and Sam Howell's been playing well. You know, I think uh I think they got something for a young quarterback over there uh for the Anders. It's a guy that can uh, uh keep the chains moving and maybe put up some points. They're gonna they're gonna grind it with Brian Robinson. Antonio Gibson's out gonna come in and split out, you know, runner or receiver, and then you got mm-hmm. you know the Penn State receiver. Those I love that man. Tooch, I have a question. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Would you take Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey in the same draft? Yeah, I love stacking players, man. I know yeah. there are people that fear that, though, Tooch. There are people that are like, you can't get two guys on this. I'm like, if they're both good, why? Not? Yeah, if it's a quarterback and a receiver, I, I love that. I mean, uh, Joe, I, Joe would take Burrow and Chase in, in a heartbeat. This is what I, I yeah, yeah. I took I took Burrow and Boyd because I wanted yeah. that stack. You know, late round flyer on Boyd. You know. But I will say I, I hate it for a different reason, not because I dislike the stack. For that specific combo, if you're going to get Kelsey and Mahomes, you likely have to go first, second round if you want to guarantee that. And I don't, I don't like that. I wouldn't do that personally because of what yeah. you have to give up to get it. But I wouldn't mind the stack if I didn't have to get Mahomes in the second round. Well, it, I only ask that because I play in a league where quarterbacks get – I think I don't know the exact rules. They'll end a game with 70, 80, 90 points. Yeah. It's like one of those types of league where the commissioner stacked quarterback points. So if I you get did, a point per completion, one of those leagues. Maybe it's something like that. And like Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, even Lawrence a couple times last year, Fields too. There were weeks where they got like 75, 80 points. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm drafting this league diff. I didn't know that last year. That's why you look at your league rules, idiots. <laughs> um, but I didn't do that. And I didn't, I had an okay year. I made the playoffs, but I had no chance at winning. Winning the thing by the time you know one of those like eight and seven teams or whatever you come across um no chance but i think i would go kelsey mahomes or mahomes kelsey in this league specifically so that's why i asked about stacking yeah i mean uh it, it like joe said you have to you probably have to take those guys you know it kelsey definitely in the first round and you probably have to come back get, i don't think mahomes is gonna last till the third round so no after that you better you better be drafted <laughs> You better be on your, on your game draft. You got to get guys like Dobbins and Damian Pierce to just fill out your running backs. Then you got to take guys 
later on, like uh, Olave and Pickens, because uh, you're going to miss out on a lot of those top guys, whether it's from Hill to Diggs to Hill, uh, to uh, uh, Garrett yeah. Wilson, all those top guys up there. Uh, that I mean, Garrett Wilson has looked really tremendous by all accounts from camp with, with Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, uh, he looked we, really good on preseason work on that, last week too. That's going to be a, a the Jets are, are an intriguing team to me. Now they have a great defense, you know, which is going to give Rodgers a little extra chance. But Brees Hall, you got Brees Hall come back when Brees when Brees Hall was was in there. I think he played only about four games. He was a top running back. He was putting up as many points as Derrick Henry, you know. Yeah, and then you've Dalvin got Dalvin Cook, Cook is there too. Yeah. But that's a it's I mean, but. Uh, uh, and then you know the the receivers over on the Jets are he's got some good good receivers over there too for uh, Aaron Rodgers. He brought, some, he brought some Packers over there. He's got Cobb yeah. and he's got um, yeah Lazard. Lazard. Yep the uh, the Jets are you know I mean that, that's going to be an interesting division. You know people would say that the Bills are the favorites to win that division but i mean miami and, and the jets are going to give them a run for it and then you've always got you also have bill belichick in that division that's gonna be a really tough division to uh, to uh figure out which teams are going to finish in what order you know and if, my, I, if I miami think the, gets the, jonathan taylor that's gonna be tough i mean they have like four running backs as it is what do they need you know right they've got uh raheem moster no he's 31 old yeah jeff, jeff wilson, wilson. Mostert and Wilson, they've never finished a full season. And then uh, uh, I forget who else is there. You got, uh, what's that, Savan Ahmed. He's decent, too. Yes. And then uh, Devin A. Chain. You know, that, that work, they had, they had Taylor there. Who are they going to keep? Who's There's not enough rock to go around. Well, there'd have to be some of those guys. In the, I'm sure some one of those guys would be in the trade package with uh, with some sort of pick. I would imagine. What do you guys but, think of uh, uh, the Colts rookie core? I, I think he might be a pretty good fantasy player. I, I might take a stab at him later on. Just see guys be running for his life. You know, he may he may break off some long runs and and uh, finish with like seventy to hundred rushing yards every game because that the Colts should be one of the worst teams in in the NFL. Well, he's the he's got the job locked down. He's officially the starter. Yeah, he's got weapons. For now, some. I mean, yep. of course, he's still got. You know, they got some quality wide receivers there, and he's got to run. I I like him as a late round flyer for sure. If he's a good player, he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback for sure. And I, you know, I'm not. He could be a good player like a YouTube quarterback, like kind of like Fields has been. And you know, Fields is five and twenty, but people are going to draft him as their starting quarterback this year because he'll get you a lot of fantasy points because of the YouTube type plays. I could see Anthony Richardson being very similar to that. I I'm excited to watch the Colts actually because just the way he yeah. plays, I'm like, this really speaking of boomer bust, this guy could, you know, if he makes an impact the way he we know he can physically, like in terms of his ability to run and the ball looks pretty coming out of his hands, right? I at least it did to me. So yeah. I mean, and he's got Pittman Jr. to throw to. So, yep. And if they're bad enough, I know this isn't going to affect this year's fantasy football, but it will next. If they're bad enough, wouldn't it be funny to see uh, Reggie Wayne's kid end up right back in Indianapolis? That'd be pretty funny, wouldn't it? Or, uh, Ma- Marvin Harrison Jr. Or Mar- Marvin Jones, I mean, or yeah, or Harrison. Is it Harrison? Yeah. I get my uh, those old. Yeah, yeah Mar- Marvin, Marvin Harrison. That's what Jr. I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Ohio State. 
Yeah, imagine yep. if he ended up back in freaking Indianapolis. I'd That'd rather see him in the it? Bears uniform. But <laughs> I think but for we that got, we got the we got the Panthers pick. They might that's be what I was going to say. The Panthers pick would have to be bad. I think. Yeah, and that could be it. That could be potential. I, well. I I think the Panthers will be one of the five worst teams in this. I next. Season. I do too. I do too. And I don't know how you guys feel about this guy, but I was watching the hurt the other day. And Colin Coward yeah. picked him as a playoff team. Oh, and he's I was out of like, his mind. Colin has some bad takes every now and again, but he's oh, also oddly nailed a couple NFL picks playoff-wise. <laughs> and like the Vikings last year and the Dolphins, everyone was clowning him, and he ended up being right on them, both making the playoffs. This year, his team that he likes is the Panthers. I'm like, eh. Well, they I, the quarterback shakeup. If you watched Bear Their Souls two weeks ago on – Bear State of Affairs. I totally flamed Coward for when he he gave out his list of uh, of quarterbacks who would never win a Super Bowl. One of them was Dwayne Haskins, who was killed last year. Yeah, <laughs> he's for sure not gonna win a. That's Super a gi- Bowl. That's a gimme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, the Buccaneers are going to be straight awful. <laughs> yep, they I were bad with Tom Brady. Worse. They're going to be one of yeah. the worst teams. I mean, they might have the top overall pick next year. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, those are your two quarterbacks. Yeah. Their defense is bad. Tough their sledding. offensive line just lost their best uh, – well, oh. one of their best offensive linemen. But, I would uh, bet yeah. you good money that they're going to be in the running on P.J. Walker. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I hope I hope they just stick with Baker and lose, though. I want them to get Caleb Williams. Uh, the Cardinals, they have Kyler Murray. They'll ruin Caleb Williams if they get him. I want – to Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers to get Caleb Williams. That way I could still keep on rooting for them now that Tom's gone. I have no interest in the Buccaneers without Tom there. I'd like to just stay rooting for the Buccaneers when they're not playing the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Caleb no, Williams no gonna... special, man. Yeah. I totally agree. And I, I, I have a couple guys I wanted to spotlight for potential league winners. Uh, one of them is an earlier round pick, but he's a guy that's going towards the – mid to lower half of the running backs taken off the board. I think Tony Pollard finishes the year as is running back number one. I do. He's going to catch a lot of passes. He doesn't have to deal with Zeke anymore. Yep. His leg is healed. It was a break, but it wasn't as severe as a break as some of the past ones you've seen. Pollard's Pollard's the guy on an electric offense. You saw what he could do last year. Tony Pollard. Where There's no one hurt. behind him. There's nobody behind him. It's currently – I'm seeing him go mid to second, yeah. sometimes tail mid end to of late second, second round. round. Yep. And I, I'm com- I'm not I'm not comfortable in myself to do this, but I, I would take him first overall as a running back off the board if he was still there for me. That's how much I like him. So uh, – I've been hesitant because of the injury history, and he's, he's not a big – Running back, but uh, like you said, there's nobody else. That his Deuce Fawn is five six one seventy. You know, mm-hmm. he's a gadget back. You know, like uh, Darren Sproles type third down back. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've taken him a few times in the uh, among the thousands of mock drafts I've done in preparation for the Barroom draft. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then you know, then uh, your other ones, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe. 
It's not actually, okay. but you loved you've loved I mean, him the past couple of years. I do still love Stevenson this year. Don't get me wrong, but that's not who I was. I do say. too. You, he's a great value, Stevenson, where he's being drafted. But what yeah. I was going to say is is the best value wide receiver on the entire board this year is a guy who has been a top fifteen wide receiver every year except oh, last year. Vinny, Vinny, and I uh, guess. Yes, the last, the last. I'll, I'll let you guess at that, and then I'll give you one more clue that'll probably give it away. Okay, want to go first, Vinny? Is it Calvin Ridley? It is not. Okay, because I like he's, Calvin Ridley. Coming he's back. his 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 stock is going way up. You can't get him after the third round, right? Got now. it. You're right. Okay, okay. Sorry. Is it Tyler Lockett? It is not. Hmm. This guy's a top. He's been a top fifteen, and usually is top ten. Except last year, he did not score a touchdown, and because of that, he was wide receiver. Was my second? My second guess would have been this is Brandon Cooks. It is not Brandon Cooks. Uh, It's actually Deontay Johnson with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's good. Yeah, he is a top ten wide receiver. Good value. Volume he's going to get. This is a guy that is way going to way outperform his ADP. At wide receiver 30, this is a guy that's going into the sixth, sometimes yep. seventh round, sometimes later. But I, I'm I'm all over Deontay Johnson this I year. I like the other kid too, man. George Pickens is a beast, man. I like both of bully. those guys. He's a bully. Uh, Pickens is a bully. I, I wanted the Bears to draft him so hard last year. They, didn't, they did not draft. Uh, yeah. Drafted him yesterday. Who, who's love hearing you say that. Love hearing yeah. you say that. Drafted him in my NFL league yesterday. He's a guy that knows how to get open. He's a, he's a PPR monster. It's just sometimes he, he doesn't hold on to the ball. But you know. he led the league last year in, in in receivers tackled inside the five yard line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That sucks. <laughs> That's a hell of a stat, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I hope that doesn't come back to cost him a couple two tree schmill. Yeah, he goes for a new contract. <laughs> um, sure, but hopefully he makes up for it this year. But yeah, is there any guys that you are flat out avoiding, Tooch, in your drafts? I know we'll be doing our show. Of course, we do fantasy football goon with you, me, and our other co-host Adam Shaw, who unfortunately couldn't make it on the show as a last-minute request. But are there any guys that you're you're not drinking the Kool-Aid? You're avoiding with all costs. You don't want to touch them with a ten-foot pole. Well. Like in, in some uh, leagues, if it's anywhere from 12 to, or if you're playing the guillotine 18 teams, you got no choice. You got to pick these guys. But I have been hesitant to take any of the uh, Buccaneers players, whether it's Evans or Guy. And Evans is so good, man. Just for year after year, he's, you know, uh, close to 100 catches and 1,000 yards. But uh, uh, the uh, you know Godwin Godwin's always injured, so I, I'm hesitant to take him. One year he was freaking a league winner, you know, finishes like wide receiver one with like 1,400 yards and over 100 catches. I don't know, it was like four years back, I think. And then uh, Rashad was interesting to me. Is that his name Rashad White? The, uh, the guy who's going to be toting the rock in Tampa. Tampa, yeah. R- Rashad White. He's a little interesting. I think uh, 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 there's nobody else around this guy either you know he could uh, uh be a decent you know number two or number three running back so, but uh i've been hesitant to take uh tampa bay wide receivers 
Yeah, no, that's a good call. And 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 my do not draft guy is is a hot take. Um, it's a first rounder. He's one of the top wide receivers in the league for many, many years now. But I'm scared to draft him. I won't touch him. And I'm talking about Cooper Cup. Uh, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. He could yeah. be out for three to four weeks. What happens when you it. have an older wide receiver that's dealing with a hamstring injury? You've seen it time after time again. Mike Evans, Julio Jones. These are guys that cannot consistently get in the game. And where Cooper Cup is being drafted, roughly the third or fourth wide receiver off the board, first round or beginning of the second, I'm not touching Cooper Cup with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. I think he is going to be I on – yeah, I think he's going to be hurt a good chunk of the year, and I, I'm I'm staying away. And and my other my other bit is I'm not taking a quarterback inside the first five rounds. I, I have a, but I have been hesitant to take, but I'm probably wrong on this. DeAndre Hopkins on the Titans. It's just like Titans wideers never seem to come out to anything, and, and Titans Hopkins scare me. Still, how, yeah, the the offense you know schedule flows through Derrick Henry. Uh, he's getting close to thirty years old. Uh, but uh, Hopkins, it's probably irrational because I think he'll probably be decent. You know, uh, it's just the the quarterbacks over there are terrible. You know? Yeah, I don't. See, like I like the, I, I like I like Levis better than I like Tannehill. I don't like either, but I think I think there is some value in Levis if you're in like a dynasty or like a like a sixteen man league. I think you draft draft Levis because I think eventually it's only a matter of time until he's the starter. I think like, Tannehill is starting, right? Yeah, as far as I know, I believe he's on the top of the depth chart. Let me look it up. I think there's more of a ceiling to Tannehill's success than Levis, just because of age and less film yeah, experience. and you know experience. Yeah, yeah but I don't think uh, necessarily either of them are going to be great for DeAndre Hopkins. I was stunned when he went there. When a guy like that becomes a free agent, it Why always blows my mind. It always yeah. blows my mind when they they can choose any team in the league, right? Yeah. And it always blows my mind when they don't end up in Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati. That mm-hmm. and I would give a slight nod Baltimore and Jacksonville. I think could pick up some wide receivers too. Um, same thing with the Chargers, but like those three are really the ones. Yeah. But I'm like Derrick Henry is really the only Titan I would take. My biggest take is. I've talked about this with Joe, and he made fun of me a little bit, which rightfully so. It is kind of a hot take. I would take B. John Robinson as high as third overall. I know you take the two wide receivers at the yeah, top. I was two thinking about this very thought today. The top two it's in like, the draft. How high are, would I take him? Yeah, it's been a while since wide receivers have gone one two in an NFL fantasy football draft. It but sure Jamar has. Chase and Justin Jefferson, I think, are so ahead of everybody. I would take them the first two. But if I'm just strictly thinking running back, or if you're in a running back heavy league, like for whatever reason, commissioner makes funky rules or whatever. This is B. a great John job. Robinson. Yep. B. John Robinson. Unreal. I wanted the Bears to draft him. No, I mean, I was, I was thinking like, I was like, I love the, I love the player. Seven overall, I, I, man, let's get him. You know, but we got his. Backup. I love the player. I, I, I just think, think I'd uh, rather have CMC. I think Roshan might. I've been taking Roshan the 15th, 16th round, just in case. You know, he ends up winning that job. He's a great pass receiver. Uh, you know, he's good, good short yardage back too, and he can break off some runs. Got great vision. That you know, great cutback runner, which is a system the Bears run. You know the uh, zone zone blocking, uh, one, you know one cut, you know and go. But uh, yeah, there's uh, it's a great time. I, I I thought about that very thing today. I'm like, how high would I take Bijan? 
You know, and it's like unfortunate. Like I had the number one pick in the rank league. I'm like, what the fuck, man? All right, I take Justin Jefferson. Fuck it. You know, and uh, uh, sorry about the language. <laughs> Uh, uh, don't worry about and it. then you know I, I have two and three in, in you know I, I don't know I think Barham I'm drafting third so I'm like how high would I take Bijan like which, I wonder I'm you know and like you, know, you end up taking like McCaffrey or Eckler and like both those guys are injury prone you know and, and they're gonna be feeding the ball to Bijan man I, I bet you Bijan gets more carries than both those guys yeah and I I hesitate a little bit because I I thought Kyle Pitts would be a top five tight end in his rookie year he wasn't. Um, so I get a little worried about that, but it'll be less quarterback reliant, obviously, than a receiving tight end. You, you know, you could put in a game manager in there at tight end and a yeah. running back could, or at quarterback, I mean, and then a running back could do really well, which is similar to what you guys were saying with yeah. Adams and Green Bay. If Jordan Love is just average, but he hands the ball off a lot, the Packers will be a pretty good team, I think, or maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Bijan Robinson thing. I'm I'm with you. Aldo and I both wanted the Bears to take Roshan whenever he was, you know, projected to go. The Bears had a yeah. couple mid round picks there. And a lot of people say, and I don't have any connections in the NFL like I do the MLB, but there I've seen people on TV say if uh Roshan Johnson went to ninety nine percent of the rest of the schools in the country and would have been their running oh, yeah. back one, he would yep. have been a top round or at least a top two round running back in yep. the real NFL draft. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, it's why there's a lot of guys uh if we're talking rookies, there's a lot of guys out there who uh can possibly break out a little bit this year. I, I mentioned one of them on the Ravens. If you watch any mm-hmm. any clips of Zay Flowers, man, that dude's like uncoverable. You know, he's like small and shifty and an uh, 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 interesting guy is a guy that went to uh, college out here in Iowa City. Was, uh, uh, Sam Laporta on the, on the Lions. He was the best oh, yeah. receiver on, on the Hawkeyes. And uh, uh, from what all he's been getting a, a play from uh, uh, Jared Goff in the passing game. So uh, it's an interesting late round pick. Then, of course, you got Michael Mayer. I mean, tight end is really intriguing this year, you know. You know, if you, if you miss out on Kelsey and possibly like uh, uh, Mark Andrews or, or Hawkinson, who, you know, Hawkinson could put up uh, decent numbers with the Vikings. You know, that is a pass heavy offense. You know, he high still, volume. He still pass. hasn't been playing, though. There's yeah, weird so, stuff going on with him. Yep. Another what about Iowa? Waller Waller and Kittle? Kittle. Waller Waller's a good sleeper. I mean, Kitter, Kittle, another Iowa. We got a lot of Iowa tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Kittle uh, last uh, last uh, uh, half of the season, uh, he was just monstrous, man, beast. He but mm-hmm. another guy that's injury prone, Hawkinson, Kittle, Wall, um, the, these late round about. guys like Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end, who's on the who's taking Waller's place in, in Vegas, and then like I mentioned, Sam Laporta, and then Cole Komet, love him or hate him, he's had decent numbers. He's he's yeah, he the is. only he's the only tight end in NFL history, and it in his first three years to have one season where he had 50 catches over 500 yards and over five touchdowns. He ended up with 50 ca- over 50 catches, 700 yards and seven touchdowns. And that was just in his third year. Now we've got a better offensive line in Chicago and uh, 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 by all accounts fields should, he, he can't have anything but more time than he had last year. He had no time at all. Mm-hmm. I watched Braxton Jones in this last game. He looked pretty fucking good. The left tackle uh, Darnell Wright, uh, the only thing to slow down the uh, uh, this kid is, is injuries. 
he's good. The offensive line, they're having trouble at the center and guard positions. But, uh, but hopefully, uh, they, they have to pick. They have to pick up a street center. They lost Kramer. Mm-hmm. You know, Whitehair's got the injury, can't snap. They should start looking at finding a center. You know, and cut downs. But uh, uh, you know, if you're going with uh, uh, Lucas Patrick, I'm not, I'm not. I don't know if I like this guy, Patrick. I don't think he's that good. But uh, you know, he's all we got right now. So, and Tucci, you were talking about rookies, and and we're talking about the tight end position. I got to yeah. get your thoughts on Dalton Kincaid for the Buffalo Bills. Another Bills. guy meant to, uh, I meant to mention him as well. Uh, yeah, they just gave Dawson Knox a huge contract. So I don't know what I mean. Kincaid's a better player than Knox. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, better receiver, uh, I think. A better receiver, Knox. Uh, Knox, I had drafted a few times, and he did, he did, never does anything. You know, boomer bust. Allen is not a guy that looks to the tight end first. You know, he looks to the wide except receivers. For, except for Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> uh, and then um, I'm here all week, folks. Yeah, nice. uh, the Packers. Packers have another rookie tight end as well, Luke Musgrave, who uh, looks like he might be able to play. That's another team that doesn't use the tight. End. They've used the tight end since Mark Chamura and Keith Jackson. Yeah. And it's and so Vinny. Funny. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I studied all these guys covering the Jaguars for fan side because I thought for sure mm-hmm. that the Jaguars were going to draft their tight end. They ended up with none of them. They extended mm-hmm. Evan Engram, who I would consider a top 10 fantasy football. Just about uh, to ask a, you about him. If you're a 10-man league, he's a starting tight end, I think. Mm-hmm. Same thing like what you were saying for Komet. But, yeah, I mean, I like Kincaid, too. Kincaid and um, – now I'm what drawing about, a blank What about name. Gerald Everett? Gerald had, had some decent decent numbers last year. Joe Tooch, Lo- Joe yeah. I fucking I fucking yeah. love Gerald Everett. <laughs> yeah, he was actually pretty decent the second half of the season. The first half of the season it took him took him a little while to get going, but uh, uh, might have a might have a decent year this year. I, I'm kind of intrigued what New Orleans is going to do with Derek Carr now that they've got like a bona fide thrower of the football. You know, we thought Jameis Winston's supposed to be that guy, and he had a 30 interception season a couple years back. But uh, 30 touchdowns too. 30 touchdowns too. 30 touchdowns as well too. <laughs> he was lighting it up, man. He had like 400, 500 yards a game a couple times. Yep. Uh, Chris Olave uh, is a top 15 you, wide receiver. You got Olave, who rookie year had 1,000 yards. You got Michael Thomas, who, you know, one one time was was uh, uh, the number one wide number receiver one. in the league, you know, until injuries. But, uh, I mean, with, with Thomas's size, I don't know. I don't know how much get off he has now, though. That's, that's what worries me. But, his size is going to body people in the red zone. You know, he's so big. You know, you're talking like Clay Claypool and and who some uh, Mike Williams. Those guys are like big bodies, be down in the in the red zone. But uh, there's some late round tight ends. That's what interests me. You know, if you miss out on those top guys, that was my point. Late round tight ends, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Everett, um, uh, what's uh, Ingram? Ingram's a good late round tight end if you miss out on those guys. You know, because uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is—I I expect him to take it, whether it's a small step or a medium step or a large step. He's going to take a step. He's got another year in Doug Peterson's system. Uh, that's uh, you know, I, I don't, what do you guys think of Lawrence as a starting uh, fantasy quarterback? Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top five QB this year, and that whole offense. Calvin Ridley is going to be a top fifteen wide receiver. The potential to be top five. They just have. To let them... Go ahead, Joe. 
Sorry. Just say, just don't, just don't let him get near the casino is what I was going to say. Yeah. hundred percent. Don't let him go any, when they play Vegas, scratch them. Um, I don't think they play them this year. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he has a big three, right? I think the world of Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, yeah. and Zay Jones, and yep. then their running back core. I mean, Tank Bigsby can be right there with Travis Etienne. At my Super ghost sleeper sick. right there. Yeah, Tank Bigsby, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love 100%. Tank in, the, in like the last or last couple rounds, yeah. Yeah, yep. and, you know, with Angram, you don't even say him when mentioning all the receiver weapons, right? Like they have five or six pieces on offense that can help make Trevor really comfortable this year. I think he took a huge step last year going out and winning a division after starting two and six, erasing yeah. a 27 nothing deficit in the postseason and coming back and beating a team like the Chargers. Uh, the Jaguars are going to be damn good this year. I can honestly – I'll never forget of, that game. I know. Isn't that unreal? As there was long a dude as, that bet like a million bucks to win like, what, 10,000 or something? Yeah. And lost. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> On the Chargers. Yeah, when they were up. That's oh crazy. Oh, my God. They they are the type of team that like because they play in the South and they should very realistically go six and oh in their division. And yep. then if they if they can go because there's they got the first place schedule too, so they have Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. Yep. If you go one and two in those games, or let's pretend you go two and three, you're you could be cooking with a first round bye. Yeah. So I mean it's their division to lose. It is, it is. I so, mean Tennessee might Jags. give them a little trouble, but I mean, look, Houston. Houston is and uh, and Indianapolis are playing rookie quarterbacks, so yep. you know, it's not the it's the Jaguars' division to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the Chiefs are uh, probably the, the, they're definitely the favorites as far as Vegas is concerned to win the West. But uh, man, I tell you, the Chargers could give them a run for their money this year, and if Chris Jones leaves, that defense is going to suck. They're not going to cover a lot of spreads. And uh, they they already aren't covering spreads throughout the year. You know, they didn't have co- they haven't covered a big spread in two three years. So you always count on someone covering uh, a, a, a double digit spread against the Chiefs. That defense, I'm not sure, will be uh, good enough uh, if they lose Chris Jones to win that division. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. It's tough sledding, and. Um... Speaking of tough sledding, one of one of the big arguments this offseason in fantasy, and I'm sure Tooch has an interesting take on this, but everyone, a lot of people are saying, let's get rid of the fantasy kicker. Let's remove it from your league. Yeah. I can see both sides of it, Tooch, but I, I tend to kind of like the strategic thinking about a guy with a team that's not necessarily going to be good enough to get into the end of the end zone a kick. I kind of like that strategy part of it. Everyone's like, oh, it's yeah. a total crapshoot. And it kind of is, but it like also takes a lot of thought too. Like, don't get me wrong. I like a couple of leagues where I'm in and I don't have a kicker, like the guillotine, for example. Or I don't defense. know. Maybe, maybe I'm just a purist. I kind of like the yeah. kicker in the defense. I'm just, maybe I'm just yeah. my OG fantasiness liking that. I don't know. What do you think? I could take them or leave them. You know, I'll play with them or without them. It doesn't matter. I mean, it only makes it more interesting. You know, uh, if we're talking defenses, man, I, I'll tell you, I, watch out for the Browns defense. As that's going to be a good defense this year. And then the Browns Steelers are sneaky good too. Sneaky good defense. Uh, and then the Steelers defense always good, man. Tomlin always plays tough defense. I like those uh, two defense. The Jets have a really good defensive line. 
Um, the Jets are elite. That defense secondary. Is yeah, that defense. I mean, that I I have no idea who's going to win that AFC East. Like I said at the beginning, Bills, Jets, Dolphins. I, uh, Patri- I don't think the Patriots will be as good, but they'll. I think the Patriots are going to finish fourth. <laughs> I hate to say I don't think they have the guns. Uh, they don't have a good quarterback. Uh, Belichick will put together good defensive schemes. They'll have a decent defense. Their offense is going to struggle, though. Tooch, really quick, I have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. First off, just rapid fire. Browns defense or Chiefs defense this year? Browns. Like not even close? Not even close. Because I'm, I'm Miles, league, Miles Garrett, man. Miles the Garrett league I was in beat. yesterday, the league I drafted yesterday, yeah. I took the Chiefs, and my thought was the good teams always seem to have pretty good defenses. But then again, I'm like, yeah. the Chiefs are good. They win Super Bowls because they have number 15, right? And that, that offense just you know carries yeah. them to a lot of wins. They could win the Super Bowl 40 to 35, and nobody would really think twice about that. Yeah. I mean, they needed their offense to beat the Eagles last year. Um and with then Chris Jones, so I got they'll be that. okay. They'll be okay with Chris Jones. Yeah. So without maybe him, I, I, I don't know. But man, I love the Browns. Browns are this available. Year. They're available. So I'm the thinking Browns are going to be fucking tough this year. Yeah, I think so too. And my other question: Do either of you follow Pete Blackburn on Twitter? I don't he's, think so. Uh, he's, he's a I very would like to. He's a very good Twitter follow. He does all sports. There's a little bit of extra love for hockey in the wintertime, but Mm -hmm. a lot of football and a lot of baseball. Boston kid. Um, He plays in a league where they have a kicker, but if they miss a field goal or an extra (laughs) point, it is minus 50 points. (laughs) And last year, he, he was in a playoff game. I forget. What game? I think it was. I would never play a kicker. Who's Matt Gay on? What team is he on? Is he on the uh, Chargers? He's on a new team now. Who was he on last year? Who was he on last year? I think he's on the Colts this year. Was it the Chargers last year? On the the Colts, yes. He was on the Buccaneers last year? I think he was on the Bucks last year. Rams. Okay. Maybe it was the Rams. But he's on the Colts now. He's on the Colts now. It was the Rams. You're right, too, because yeah, it, it was, was the yeah. Rams. And Pete had the win locked up. His opponent was done with players, oh. and his his roster only had the kicker left, and he was winning the game. So the smart thing to do would be to bench. Oh, bench I've left kicker. out a major detail. If you bench your kicker. Uh, you, that's it. If you bench your kicker, you put five dollars towards the league poll. Oh, okay. So, so would, he could have so paid that. the five dollars, <laughs> had all of his buddies rip him to shreds. Yep. Or he could take the risk, let him kick. You know what happened? He missed. He lost the game because he missed. Uh, I'd one pay late the five dollars every time. And every so week. you pay. You pay bucks. the money. Eighty-five who, bucks. You know, you year, week after week, if people pay the five dollars, it adds up and it goes to the winner. You know, it's fun, yeah. right? But ninety bucks for every player, shit. Yeah, that's an extra nine hundred bucks. Exactly. In the playoffs, I'm if I'm winning, I'm benching my kicker every week. If I have the lead going into the, you know, exactly. But yeah. he didn't want to get made fun of. He live streamed himself watching the game, and it was <laughs> one of my favorite moments. 
of the entire NFL season last year. Like we had an epic Super Bowl, two great teams. The playoffs were the playoffs were incredible. Chiefs Bengals was incredible in the AFC title game. I yeah, I honestly think my favorite part was watching him miss that field goal and watching Pete just go crazy. So I want to play in a league like that. So I'm pro kicker if you have fun rules like that. Yeah, I will save any all of our leagues that you're in with me. Well, I guess the barroom and my other league, the goon league. We do have negative three for a missed PAT. That's pretty. That's that's a hefty punishment. I mean, it's not yeah. minus fifty, but if every time a so, guy misses, if you have a Cody Parkey type game where you yeah. miss three, four, we're talking twelve points off your thing. Yeah, and that very much a- does happen. Yeah, exactly. Cairo. Uh, Who was it last year that missed like six in a row? Was it Brett Meyer from from the Cowboys? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. How uh, how early? Is too early to draft a kicker because I'm seeing you see like Justin Tucker and Evan McPherson going like the 11th round, you know. Too early. It depends on to the me, league. That's too early, early, but you know. In this league I drafted yesterday, there's three individual defensive players you can draft, okay. and so you get points for like tackles and sacks, yeah. and obviously those are normally my last three picks. So the third to last pick is when I take a kicker. I ended up with Graham Gano from right. the New York That's football okay. giants. It's a good kicker, right? Yeah. So yep. kicker for me, you can't take it's, it's either the second to last or the last round. I won't, yeah. I won't take a kicker before then. I sure. hate to. Yeah. It's, it's tough though, but I mean like uh, these mock drafts, like whether it's the AI or, you know, just other players, they're taking kickers, you know, 11 through 14, you know? So it's like, you're kind of like, God damn it. I want to at least have a guy that can fucking kick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then defense, you know, you see, you see uh, like the Eagles. Eagles probably the top one now that you know, they have Jalen Carter. Eagles are the Jets. Yeah. Eagles, Jets, uh, uh, defense. 49ers. Yeah, I don't know if the 49ers will be. I mean, they'll be good, but uh, I don't think their offense is going to be that good this year. No, you're not a Brock Purdy guy, huh? I love Brock Purdy when he was at Iowa State, but uh, he hasn't lost a game that he started and finished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's better than the guy they traded to Dallas. I agree, and apparently Sam Darnold has had this great preseason. Yeah. And like, if you only based who's starting That's on the, the preseason, thing. it would be him. Yeah, if uh, um, that's because I mean, if Purdy if Purdy f's up, you know that. They, you know, they've got Darnold. They can just say, hey, you know what, Brock, it's not working out. We're going to go with Sam this week. You know, Shanahan's, yeah. he's he's flighty like that. You know, he does shit like that. You know, and it's, same with the running backs. You know, now they've got, now that he's got McCaffrey, he's kind of, you know, just uses him. But uh, before it would be like, Jeff Wilson, you're the guy. Or Elijah Mitchell, you're the guy. You know, it doesn't matter. He'll go with whoever, you know. For sure. But uh, yeah. uh, if Brock Purdy had left a year earlier, he would have been maybe a first or second round pick rather than the very last pick in the draft when uh, when he was drafted. Uh, was it last year? What yeah, about uh, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott or um, James Cook? Which guy is going to be getting more points? James, there? I think James Cook is. So, I'm going to give you a hot take. Right. James Cook is. Oh, a I'm top sorry, 10. R- Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> oh. Cook, Cook or Harris in. In uh, uh, Buffalo, Cook, and I think Cook is a top ten running back. Uh, Zeke or um, Stevenson? Stevenson all day. I agree. 
Uh, Zeke, uh, what do you think he's getting? You think he might vulture some uh, goal line carries, though? Yeah, the yeah. big boy carries. Yeah, right? like, likes to like he'll he'll run Stevenson all the way down to like the five, and then Zeke will come in and vulture the touchdown. That's what I'm afraid of with Stevenson. Uh, but uh, you know, well, Stevenson, you that's get what happened last some, year too. Yeah, you get some pass. Yeah, Damian Harrison, Damian Damian Harris got the goal line use. But uh, uh, with uh, Stevenson, you get the pass catching ability, right? Yes, you get yeah. that. And Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, is one of the best blocking running backs yeah. in the NFL. And Belichick is going to use that to his advantage. I'm, I'm thinking when he's out there, like look for Mac Jones to throw it. They're trying to make him feel more comfortable. Yeah. Zeke is going to be a pass blocking running back. So I don't see much value in him fantasy wise. So Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson in Washington? I like Robinson. I think he's more electric, but I like both of them this season. I agree. I like uh I mean Robinson seems to be the kind of running back that Ron Rivera will pound, you know, just pound and pound and pound and like Gibson might be like a more of a third down long, or you know, long yardage situation back or where you can split him out wide motion. It's a great problem to have. They got he's got two great running backs. So I I, I think the commanders are gonna be good this year. I really do. Yep. Uh let's see, Dak Prescott. Are you avoiding him or drafting him? Because, you know, man, oh, what was it, a year or two ago, he was throwing 500 yards, four, four or 500 yards a game, you know? Yeah, I, I like Dak. I think he's, a, you know, some people might not be comfortable with him as a starter, but I think if you're drafting him, he's going to have to be your starter. And I've seen Dak fall seventh, eighth round pretty religiously over the course of the last few weeks, whether it's a mock or a real draft I've done so far. Listen, I don't think you can get – I think it's great value for where he's being drafted. And if – look at the offense. They have a whole new attack. They have all these weapons. Brandon Cooks is there now with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, of course, you you guys have the amazing Tony Pollard, who I talked about already. you got a great offensive line. Yeah. Mike McCarthy never Dak. saw a pass play he didn't like. Tutra, yeah. are you a Cowboys fan? No. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know why. Okay. I, uh, I like I'm Bears gonna, fan. Oh, I figured. Okay, I'm not going to offend anybody then. I think I could think of 15 quarterbacks. This yeah. is maybe my hot take. I think Dak Prescott is the most overrated quarterback, maybe in the history of the NFL. They went from the second most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL to the most <laughs> overrated quarterback because Tony Romo was good. He wasn't uh, great. And I think I would rather overrated. have Kirk Cousins. I think I would rather have whoever started That's San Francisco. Yeah. I think I would rather have wow. Jordan Love. I for sure would rather have Justin Fields. I'm being dead serious. This isn't yeah. hot take Vinny How trying to Deshaun get Deshaun Watson or, or Dak Prescott. I would take Deshaun Watson in a heartbeat over Dak Prescott based on talent and fantasy. So Dak's not going to get you the rushing touchdowns anymore. He's lost a step after injuries and age. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, they like to air it out. That's a thing. And he's and got Stevie hate- Lamb. He's got Brandon Cooks. He's got, uh, I don't know, who's playing tight end over there now. They should have never let Dal- Dalton Schultz go. No. And then you got Tony Pollard and uh, the little the little runner, Deuce Vaughn. I don't know who's playing tight end. You know who's playing tight end for the Cowboys? I got no uh, idea. I can, I yeah, can look it up. I, was, I think they're I was strong just running game. Up the chart. Their strong running game hurts Stack's fantasy value, too. And I hate McCarthy calling plays. Yeah, yeah he's yuck. the worst. But yuck. Jake Ferguson. Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Never heard of him. Sorry. And Luke Schoenmaker. Schoenmacher. And then yeah. uh, let's see. Yeah, the, the the Vikings are are going to be deadly with uh, uh, their three 
Hawkinson, uh, Jefferson, and Addison. Uh, Addison's a sneaky pick, man. I'll tell you, he's he a good, good ball player. Uh, you know, and if uh, if uh, uh, Justin Jefferson's getting double covered all the time, Addison's going to have some big games. Oh, how about yeah. uh, would you would you be averse to having Amon Ross St. Brown as your number one wide receiver because he's being drafted as a number one? So this may be a hot take. Amon Ross St. Brown, the number one wide receiver at the end of the season. Wow. <laughs> I would take Amonra. Yeah. Again, again, if, if I'm in one, two, one or two, I'm, I am still taking JJ or Chase. But I think Amonra St. Brown, if he's healthy throughout the whole course of the year, I mean, last year he <laughs> sat out, I don't remember how many games. He missed, I think, maybe four games last year, something like that. He still finishes a number seven. And number seven had- wide out. Add Jared Goff yep. to the list of quarterbacks I'd rather have than Dak Prescott in real life and fantasy. Jared Goff, did you see his camp? I mean, this guy has been ridiculous. That offense is ridiculous. Jameer Gibbs is another league winner, in my opinion. What the about uh, the guy that left and who's going to be over in Philadelphia now, DeAndre Swift? Aversion to drafting DeAndre? I I think that that backfield's a little messy for me over there. I I don't I don't love uh, Swift. Who else do you have? Oh, I forget. There's another dude over there too. Uh, you got Swift, and then you got uh, uh, I know so you I have it. Kenneth Gainwell, but there's someone else. It's Gainwell. Um, you got you got Rashad Penny. Yeah, Rashad Penny. That's the guy I'm thinking of. And you got Trey Sermon. Nah, he sucks. But Rashad I, Penny. But, but Rashad Penny might it's... might give a. a he, he's never been healthy for God's sakes. I I, I never. I, I don't think I would ever draft Rashad Penny. Just the injury history. It's but, a log jam. Yeah. I, I just DeAndre Swift Philly, is always injured, though, too. Yeah, the whole backfield in Philly for me is is you got to wait and see. I'm not confident taking any of those guys. Yeah. And, and Gainwell's good, but he's a little guy. You know, I don't know if you yeah, take the, it every the down. Backfield, so it's a it's a weird team for running back. They let their best running back go. Yeah, you know he's in Carolina now. What do, what do you think about draft? Speaking of Miles Sanders of Carolina, exciting? No, <laughs> I mean they'll be the number one guy there for sure. You talk about uh, that um, offensive line is awful. I don't think Miles Sanders is running anywhere this year. <laughs> what about the Damian only guy Pierce? That, the Texans suck too. Uh, yeah, but Pierce I is mean, good, man. Pierce is good. I just don't I, know I like if the him. new coach is going to use him like Lovey did. But Pierce is a good, good back, man. Pierce is a mid-round pick with high upside, but again, they, their offensive line's not good. Their offense isn't good. They're going to stack the box. We, we might as well start talking about some of these uh, mid-round backs, you know, because uh, that's where your league is won and lost. You know, you got Brian Robinson, uh, 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 Damian Pierce. What about Alex Madison, who's taken Dalvin Cook's place? That excite you? I, I do like Alexander Madison because this is a guy that's going into a starting role on one of yeah. the most explosive offenses yep. in the league. It's and he can go catch through. the ball. He can catch the ball. Receiver, it's going to go through yep. Justin Jefferson. They've got a talented core of offensive folks. Yeah. You no, know, I, I, I do think that Madison is a great mid-round pick and yeah. he's got high upside. Yep. What about J.K. Dobbins? 
to be on that on the Dobbins train, Vinny, I, I feel like you're on the same page with me there. Um, Dobbins is. I feel like neither healthy. of you guys have any Dobbins shares. If you... I have him in this league. I'm looking yeah, right okay. now. All right. But I like I, Dobbins oh. this year. You I know how you Baltimore like is with running I, back, man. I, yeah, I don't, I don't love him, but this is a very – I've already given you a couple of the complex rules of this league. Um, yeah. One of the other things that make this league hard is there's like three flexes. So you have like wow. a shit ton of players. It's it's a deep yeah. league that's not that deep, if that makes sense. So you need people like Dobbins in the later yeah. rounds. Like you, you don't, you end up with players you don't love like earlier in the draft, but then they become available later on, and it's like, okay, now I'm down on this guy. Let's do it. Late round, uh, uh, another mid middle round uh, uh, running back that intrigues me is Javante Williams. Is that his name, Javante Williams, Broncos. Like. Sean Payton always has always has running backs that finish in like the top ten. You know, so this guy is intriguing. I don't know, is Melvin Gordon still over there? I honestly I believe, don't know. I believe so. I think he is still, but I mean, I know he split time, but Javante, that was his job uh by the end of the season, you know, like Melvin Gordon was kind of just, you know, no, benching. Melvin Gordon's yeah. not there anymore. He's with the, he's not with there the Ravens. Anymore. He's with the Ravens. They Melvin have Javante Williams, Samjay Piran. Samjay Piran. Okay. A Piran's interesting too because he catches the ball. You know, he's like a third. He's good pass blocker too, and he can run the ball. So it's a little. Piran's a great, great late, late round flyer. Yep. Yeah, that's intriguing. The I mean, I don't think Denver's going to be very good. I'm still not sold on Russ. You know, uh, but Sean Payton's a good coach. So uh, I mean. I'm not drafting Russell Wilson after last year, but you know Sean Payton, he takes you know takes clay and he molds it. You know, I I, I wouldn't be adverse to drafting Javante Williams. I think that kid could be a stud. Yeah, no, he's got high upside for sure. But I mean, the Broncos are off to a bad break with Jerry Judy. You know, he's yep. already going to be out for several weeks. He suffered a hamstring injury. They haven't said what extent it is, but. He couldn't put any weight on it. I would expect him to be out at least six weeks. And I he, he he's a pup candidate at this point. Um, you know, I'm waiting to see there. But uh, it definitely gives me better feeling about another late-round flyer in Cortland Sutton. Um, this is a guy now who's instantly thwarted into that number one wide receiver role. Yeah. And uh, I definitely like him better because, because of the injury. Right, Judy's okay. injured. I don't know when he's coming back. And then that, they had like, was it Tim Patrick? Is that a dude? Yep. They still yeah. have him. Tim Patrick. Yep. Yeah, he's not Tim bad. Patrick. Tim Patrick is um, currently on the Denver Broncos still as well. But he's on Tim Patrick's on the IR. So you're yeah. looking at Cortland Sutton, uh, Marvin Mims, right? Uh, Marquez Mims. Callaway. People are high on him, Marvin Mims. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Um, of course, you got Jerry Judy, who's probably going to be put on the pup list. I feel but... like if I draft little Jordan, some people are going to make fun of me. He's off my board. <laughs> little Jordan Humphrey. I don't care who he is. Uh, the the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, James Conner's nope. always been pretty decent, but their offense is going to blow. I mean, James Conner's the only draftable. He's the only draftable on player team. off. The, I mean, they have they have Hollywood Brown, but you know, I. There's nobody really get him the ball. <laughs> it's like, what is it? Uh, Colt McCoy is he starting uh, for the? They caught the him. Cardinals? Did they cut Colt? So who's they starting? They cut Colt McCoy, the kid they just traded for. 
Which um, is who? Yeah, Colt McCoy got was cut. I um, have it right here. Wow. Uh, it's J- that's Josh Dobbs. Yeah, Joshua Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. Man, yep. I'm not. I'm not sure he's any better than Colt McCoy. I think both. No, uh, I think it's that's what we were talking about with tanking. Like, yeah. They want Caleb Williams, and they don't want Tampa Bay or Carolina yep. or. You know the Colts, whoever it is you yep. think are going to be in contention. Colts, to Tampa, be Arizona. Worse. Those are the Panthers. Those are the, like the four worst teams this year. Yeah, I want it to be Tampa, but I don't see it not being the Cardinals. Just using my realistic brain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Tampa, uh, Tampa at least has a serviceable quarterback. Yep, Josh Dobbs. Oh my god. Yeah, people people like to crap on <laughs> Baker Mayfield. You'll see this season real quick how Baker Mayfield is an improvement over just a random like backup or like, yeah. you know, third string, like the Cardinals are going to use. So, yep. We'll see. Another guy that's uh, kind of interesting to me is uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster over in, in New England because there really isn't anybody else there. And Jacoby Myers is gone. Uh, in Vegas. I think they drafted a wide receiver this year, but uh, – I mean, Juju's a guy. He's going to be the main target. They'll run the two tight ends. They've got uh, um, Mike Gaski and I forget the other kid. Hunter. What is that guy's name? Hunter Henry? Oh, yeah. Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki. They'll use those two tight ends like they did with Gronk and the the uh, the murderer guy. What was that? Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez, yeah. A murderer guy. <laughs> so they've got a really good... They read a really good tight end room in New England. They've got, yeah. of course, we talked about Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, yep. and Anthony Ferkser. Um, yeah. Those are three top. Those are solid. That's a solid yeah. tight end room. They're going to run two tight ends all the time. Then you're going to have you're going to have Juju. Juju might catch seven passes a game. I forgot. You also no. have you also have uh, Devontae Parker. Yeah. Uh, and you have Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. They're just guys. But Juju body, you know, he's big body. He, you know, he'll they'll put him in the slot too. And uh, they've got this guy uh, who's a quarterback at Louisville, uh, Malik Cunningham, I think. That's his name. Yeah, Malik he's third. Yeah, he's third string. They're gonna use him all over the place. Wildcat, running back, wide receiver in the slot. They did. They did. Uh, they converted Julian Edelman from quarterback into a slot receiver. This uh, Bell, I guarantee you that this might be a little sneaky pick. He's gonna return punts. You know. Uh, Malik Cunningham's like a guy. He might be in that. Remember Julian Edelman would catch 100 passes a game, Joe? You used to have. You used to like drafting Edelman. Every year. (laughs) Because he was solid. I drafted him every year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Him and Juju might get that. I mean, Juju's best in the slot, too. You know, but uh, him and Juju might get, like, you know, whichever one of those guys is going to be in the slot for for, uh, uh, Mac Jones is going to get, you know, six, seven catches a game. Never, never count the Patriots out, but I will say the only two wide receivers that are draftable is Juju and Devontae Parker, and they're all late round flyers. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I would take a chance on Juju in the late rounds if I if I didn't get you know three. If I got three, if I'm weak and I'm looking for like a fourth or fifth receiver, I would take Juju, and you know you could slide him in there in a flex. You know if you've got bye weeks. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Juju get drafted actually in any of my leagues. No so shit, far. I've seen I've seen him get drafted. I don't think he got drafted in the rank league. I have to go back and look. I'm gonna Finney, look in my Finney, uh Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones? Uh Danny Dimes. 
Danny Dimes. No, I think I'm <laughs> no? totally joking. Okay. I would take that. I, I like Jones, man. Jones I like a... Jones too. I no. just I see, I see Trubisky, that type of season coming up. You that know, la- and last year was 2018. I couldn't disagree more with you, Vin. Really? Danny Dimes has one difference. Second year in Dable, Brian Dable yeah, offense. Exactly. Yep. And he has a brand new number one receiver. That's not a receiver. It's Darren Waller. Yeah, you He's know got what, Jay, guys? Jalen Hyatt too, man. I kind they, of they're going to be good. The Giants are going to be good. Saquon Barkley is going to have a resurgent year as well. I hope he makes me eat my words because I like Daniel Jones. Um, I see a lot of like an Alex Smith in him too. Like that's like the yeah. upside. Trubisky's like his floor, and then I think that someone like Alex Smith could be a ceiling because Trubisky had a Pro Bowl season. People forget that he was a reserve, yeah. but he made it. And, yep. you know, he had a year where they were good and he was a good player on a good team. That was Daniel Jones last year. He'll either come out and do it again or he'll regress like the aforementioned Mitch. I, I don't know why that's always been my comparison for him. It's a good division. They're going to play the Eagles twice and the Cowboys twice. Um, I don't know what Still I think the about backup. the commanders. Um one of the three teams to go undefeated in the preseason are the Commanders. Not that that is relevant in any way, shape, or form, but it means you played four good quarters of football, no matter who was on the field three straight times. Nobody else can say that. I do think that, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything for the regular season, but yeah. I mean, you're better than being 0 and 3, in my opinion. Um, but, I you got, know, we'll I tell you, I, I was uh, handicapping that game between the Commanders and the, and the Ravens. And I was telling my partner, Anthony, who does uh, weekend sports betting tips with me, I was like, I'll bet you Rivera wants to break uh, Harbaugh's uh, unbeaten preseason record. <laughs> I guarantee he wants – I'm yeah. taking the commander's money line, you know. And now that won, it was motherfucker. snapped. <laughs> yeah, it was now snapped. that it was snapped, yeah. I told you, Rivera will do whatever go? he can to snap that fucker. That's know? funny. That's funny. Freaking play all his best players yeah. in the fourth quarter on a game-winning drive. <laughs> if uh get your helmet back on pre preseason prediction uh quarterbacks were top five for justin fields uh joe yeah justin fields for me is a top five with the potential to be the number top five fi- finish top if he's healthy a top five finish and easily could be the number one and could be the top pick of fantasy drafts next year if he does what a lot of people think he can do Vinny says no, top five. No, I would Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Um, they don't use their legs though. Maybe Allen, but I know. But Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. Um, no, I was thinking Herbert. Oh, Lamar Jackson, if healthy, but I think him and Fields kind of get their points in a very similar style. Yeah. Um, if Justin can develop a pocket presence and take advantage of having a big three receiver core now, then I. Th- think he could even pass Lamar in terms of overall fantasy production because he'll also use his arm where Lamar hardly has in his career like he has but not to like an elite level he's an MVP caliber player really sling it too Lamar he really can he really can and for me it's about him being on the field I guess I could say the same thing about Justin too though like he's Mm -hmm. not been the most totally yeah so you know we'll see what happens there but I think as a safe bet I would take those five I named ahead: Burrow, Lamar, or Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, um, yeah. Herbert, and Lawrence. And Joe makes a good point. Running that—that's a huge thing. 
That is a huge thing. If he can prove me, you know, that he'll uh, do it again. Uh, who, but, who the top three rushers in the NFL were last season? Amongst quarterbacks? No, everybody in the league. Oh, everybody in the league? I mean, there was a lot of split carrying, but I would imagine Jonathan Taylor was not one of them. Nope. Um, oh, was Austin Eckler one of them? Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, and then Justin Fields. Wow, Nick Chubb had more than Those Eckler, are the top three rushing yardage leaders for the NFL last season. That's crazy. Gotta be Josh, Josh yeah. Jacobs isn't in that list. Josh Jacobs has got to be on that list. I uh, don't know. Um, I think uh, I know he was one of the top three uh, rushers. Some, somebody was injured then. Maybe it wasn't. Hang uh, on. Here we go. Anyway, Jacobs. No, here. I got the 2022 rushing stats for the yeah. NFL. Yep. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing okay. with so 16, Jacobs. 1650. Jacobs, Henry, Chubb. Saquon. Okay, I thought Fields was up there. Sanders, Cook, and then Fields. Okay, so Fields still is not up bad. There. Still yeah, not bad. Still not bad. What number was he? Ninth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. seven. Scoot your feet in us wrong information. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. just kidding. I don't really care. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, I your, point, your point stands. Your point stands. Your point do, absolutely uh, stands. I'm 55 years old. I might, you know, my my memory ain't as good as it used to be. But uh, you know what? I I legitimately believe your point still stands. He's a top <laughs> 10 rusher as a quarterback. Yeah, top seven rush, rusher, and he was a quarterback. But uh, you know, um, this you know when, when we saw the Bears' first preseason game, uh, we had uh, we had a uh, uh, Justin Fields' first two possessions. He had nice long touchdown throws you know on on screen passes but uh the way the the what set that up was his threat to run all those long runs he had during the season where he kind of like fake like he was gonna run a teams where you know they're legitimately scared of him taking it to the house that he could hit a long touchdown whether it's a screen or 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 airing it out this year and if he does that he will be a top five quarterback if he uses that to his advantage the threat to run I guarantee you Bears coaches do not want him to run as much. And, you know, and sure. that's understandable because, you know, you don't want the dude to get injured, you know. But he's a big kid, though. I mean, he's like, what, 6'2", 230? You know, he can he can handle, take the hits. He's tough. But uh, ideally, you don't want him, you know, rushing as much as he did last year. But uh, yeah, uh, if, uh, like Vinny's saying, this year might not be, you know, the year that he does all that stuff. You know, it might be next year. You know, he's got another year in the West Coast offense. I mean, so that's why P.J. Watt didn't make the team. The freaking offense is tough to learn. It's like the biggest playbook in the NFL, the West Coast offense. It's the, it's the biggest. It's, it has terminology that you have to know. You know, a lot of a lot of different uh, terminology, a lot of different words they use for term, for uh, their plays. And then uh, uh, Nathan Peterman, he's been in, in West Coast offenses for the six years he's been in the NFL. And then – Tyson Bajan, two thousand he threw two thousand yards. Shepard runs a, a pro style offense. The kid just Looked worked his too. ass off. PJ Walker maybe thought he had the team made, and then didn't doesn't know the West Coast offense. I guarantee you, Carolina yeah, disappointed. Didn't yeah, he didn't know the offense. Maybe didn't study as hard as him. It's it's a tough offense to learn. You might not have just might have needed a lot more time. But uh, uh, I think that uh, the kid. Kid earned uh, the starting job. I'm glad they didn't get rid of. Him. I don't think he made it through waivers. 
I believe you should earn stuff in the preseason. Yep. It should exist for a reason, and Bajent definitely earned it. And like I think someone mentioned yep. in the show earlier, he's similar looking to Fields in yep. terms of how he plays football. And yep. I think it's good to have a backup quarterback that doesn't make you change things completely that's around. Why they that's why they signed Walker. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, but he did not play well. And I, you knew Peterman was making the team regardless. They were battling for second and cut QB yeah. two and cut because QB three yep. was Peterman no matter what for yep. completely off the field related things. Exactly. He's uh he's the guy on the sideline or the guy in the quarterback room that's telling the young quarterbacks, you know, how to view this defense or how to understand which plays are called and which plays to, to audible in the West Coast. You know, they, Peterman. Ba- ba- if they would have cut Bajan, I'll bet you uh, Arizona might have picked him up. I don't see how someone you know? doesn't. Yeah. Like the, the Cardinals, I could see them picking him up. And just this is a guy that we can get through the season respectably. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Late round guys, Joe. Uh, I like the backup in in um in Cincinnati. I I drafted him in my ESPN league yesterday. Right. Yeah, as you guys know, I'm I'm I like the Bengals. I have a lot of Bengals in, in my team in Greg Braggs' league that I drafted yesterday. Yeah. But uh in the last round of the draft, I was able to pick up the backup running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, which is Chase Brown, who is a very talented back that was drafted. Yeah, Alina. Um, yeah, and he, and he was available at the very end of the draft. He's won that number two job, at least for right now. How old is Joe Mixon, some... man? That dude's like been in the league forever, and he's still good. <laughs> he's like, a dog. I don't think I've never I've never had him on my team, and I'm always like, why didn't I draft him? I'm always like, he's this is the year. He's, yeah, this is the, yeah. He, he seems like he's like 35. You know, yeah. it's like well, how long in, in NFL years. Yeah, he's been in yeah. the NFL a long time. He's only twenty-seven years old. The dude's a stud. My, I've never, I've never had him on a team. I've, I've wanted to draft him, and I'm always like, oh, this is the year he's going to get injured and not play, you know. But the dude's always there. He catches the ball. He gets you a decent amount of rush yards, decent amount of catches, gets you a decent amount of touchdowns. He's solid as hell. Another mid-round running back. Uh, if you miss on some of those early guys, you could take him, you know, and, and uh, fill out a roster pretty well. Yeah, I love that man. Lots, lots of great options in the middle of the pack. What about um, Najee Harris? It's a I guy I'm not touching. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. It's like, I'm I, sorry, Vin. Joe, I, you got to remember the league, though. Yeah, the league. Got to remember the yeah. league. Uh, there is two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, one, two, three, three flex, three flexes. Yeah, yeah. I like him yep. better as like as like a third or second flex. Yeah, that's what he'll be for me because I got B. John Robinson. I kind of scattered out my positions in this league. I ended up with Allen. Um, I got B. John, Keenan Allen, Christian Kirk, Waller, um, Johnson in Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. So it's we'll so see. he's so tempting. He he's never averaged more than three point four yards per carry in a season, uh, but he gets you a lot of catches. He's big, you know. He's fairly durable. I don't think he's been injured much. Uh, and, and he gets you some decent fantasy points, but I think the kid behind him is going to push him this year, Jalen Warren. Uh, he's got yeah. breakaway speed. You know, Najee Harris is not a breakaway threat. You know, he's more like a David Montgomery 
type, you know, yeah. or caught from behind. He's going to get you the goal line touches. Even his goal line touches, he gets stuffed a lot. You know, I think Jalen uh, Warren is this year's Tony Pollard. There you go. Fair I think uh, I think uh, if you have Najee, like that. if you if you draft Najee Harris, you better pick up Jalen Warren as a handcuff. Agreed. I agree. Uh, Kareem Hunt does he find a team? Yeah, but not probably not for a couple weeks until somebody gets hurt. Someone will of- tear their ACL in week two. And it'll be Kareem Hunt yeah, watch. Kareem. Hey, what are you doing, yeah, man? I'm sorry. Hey, we didn't call you sooner. Did sorry, I wake you up? <laughs> he's on a beach. He's on a beach in San Juan, Puerto Rico, just waiting. Is he? For a is call. he worth like a 16th round pick? You know, <laughs> yeah. Just stack him on your bench. You know. I'm not wasting a pick on him right now. I know. I haven't yet, but I'm. I thought about it a few times. I'm like, yes. Guy's got legs like tree trunks, man. It's like jackhammers, two jackhammers. The guy's uh tough. Uh, Jamal Williams had a ton of touchdowns last year for the Lions, he's on the Saints this year. Uh, Alvin Kamara's what suspended the first three weeks, yeah. So, Jamal Jamal Williams will be great for three weeks, and then he'll be Alvin Kamara injury watch. I do like a late flyer on Williams. I have him in two yeah. leagues. I've had two drafts, and I have him in both leagues. It's a great so. pick in, in guillotine. Get through those first yeah. three weeks. You know that who's that? On. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kendra Miller is the other back there. He was a, a good running back. Uh, I think he was what uh, Arizona or TCU, something like that. Uh, and then uh, Devin Singletary. He's in Houston. Uh, I always liked him. Yeah. I, he's, he was he was a, a good like third running back when he was with the yeah, Bills. Yeah, but now but... he's now he gets behind uh, the big dog over there yeah. in uh, Pierce. So yep, Pierce. Yep. Uh, so I'm not touching him. Pacheco McKinnon. Neither, but I guess Pacheco by a by a hit by a. I would too, and the team he plays for has a little bit to do with it. They're explosive. They'll be on the field a lot. Yeah. That's Pacheco's not really like the receiver. You still have what's his name? Clyde Edwards and Jarrett McKinnon there. It's yeah. it's, it's an odd running back situation. You know, it is. Uh, you know, McKinnon is the is McKinnon's the best running back out of the three, I think, as far as like running the ball and catching the ball. He's a great receiver out of the back that he's fast. Uh I don't know if he can hold up the punishment. That's why they like that's why they like pounding Pacheco. But Pacheco's not particularly big either. You know, yeah. uh, and then you got the Miami Dolphins running back situation. It's like, who the hell do you grab there? I, I, Raheem, I, I love Raheem Mostert. <laughs> I mean, why are they look? I mean, they they know something we don't know. They they got a bunch of guys they don't like any of them. They just you know. Jonathan Taylor's under. He'll they'll, they'll trade for him. He's young. They'll sign him, and then they'll be done with it. And then they'll cut one of those guys, or they'll include him in one of the trades. I think it's only a matter of time. Give it a couple of days, and he'll be on. He'll be on the I, Dolphins. I hate to say it, but uh, Rashad White on Tampa Bay. He's got nobody, no competition. You know, he's. I love Rashad White. I drafted. I drafted him last night in yeah. a league where I waited too long on running backs, but I do think he's going to be a good, a real good option as he doesn't have anybody else to challenge him. Really, <clears throat> Jameer Gibbs, man. I, Montgomery's going to get the goal line carries. Gibbs is a league winner. He's Gibbs is Gibbs is a guy between the twenties to me. I don't know if uh, I, I could be wrong, but uh, uh, 
I think Montgomery, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to use Montgomery a majority of the time. Gibbs is going to come in, you know, long situations, try and get a long run, maybe throw. He's a good receiver. Uh, Montgomery also a great receiver though, too. It's tough. I'll to give say. you, I'll give you a comparison yeah. what it's going to be with Montgomery and Gibbs. It's going to be Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Identical. Yeah. Both yep. fantasy relevant. That's Mark a great Ingram, comp. Yep. Stole touchdowns, but Kamara was the fantasy beast. That's what it's going to be. Gibbs, I took him early in the rank league. I think I took him in the third round or, or late second because I had to wrap around after in the third pick or second pick. I mean, oh, yeah, because I was you were sniping me all day. That was fun. Um, what about uh, Cam Akers? I. He's probably the guy there, but I, I Cam Akers burned me so much. I I would be okay if I never saw his name or heard Injury about him prone. again. Injury last prone. year, last year I took him with like a fifth round or fourth round pick. And he never just, played. It murdered my team. He never played. He hardly played. You get I'll never White. forgive him. Uh, Dalvin Cook, the starter in in New York, for the first. Three weeks, maybe until Hall's fully back. I th- I think it's more have, of a 50 uh, Michael 50 split. Carter too. Yes, you know, they do. Yeah, it's another three-headed monster. Uh, Khalil Herbert worth the pick? <sighs> I've gone up and down on the fence about this. Late I, round pick for both Bears. I can see them Bears using backs. all three guys, man. I can see them using all three guys rotating. I agree. You know, guillotine league, yes, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, a normal twelve man league or ten man league? Nah. Yep. And guys, we've we've gone we've gone for two hours, so I want to start to yeah. kind of wrap. But I do, yeah, sure. I do want to talk a little bit about the barroom league draft, which, by the way, yeah. we are streaming here on the barroom network a week from today, uh, and it's going to be an hour later than usual. It's going to be eight p.m. Central, do you know nine who o'clock some of the, Eastern. Uh, some of- some of the team uh, owners are managers. Yes, it's us and three. That's where I was. Aldo, that's where I was four. about to go next. Yes, yeah, so barroom network draft will include Larry Golden, Laro Golden, of Laro, course, yep. uh, my myself, the Tooch, uh, our other fantasy football goon co-host Adam Sham, yep. uh, Ryan Kirkland Billings from the Barfly Tailgate Show, Vinny, uh, Vinny Parisi, uh, Vinny's co-host from. Uh, Frankie talking Frankie, yeah, Frankie Mueller Frankie. will be in the league. Uh, the, the Gaines report, Tyler Ellis will be in the league. Uh, Aaron current, Danny Shimon. put something against the no Danny Shimon. Danny no, dropped out. Danny's of the a good year. player, man. He was yeah. a tough player. Always a uh, uh, competitive drafts. Well, yep. So Aaron current, we already mentioned, uh, all the barkeeper, space no spaceballs, no spaceball. <laughs> Uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman, and then okay. new addition this this year is Ross Reed will be on the show. Mm, love Ross. Well. Ross is good, man. No, no Mac, huh? Mac doesn't play fantasy, or you know, I only had one spot okay. left, so right. But it's going to be a great draft. It's going to be here. I don't know how many of us will be on the draft. A streamyard can only have ten at a time, but oh, really? I believe, I believe Zim said he can't make it. Huh. Um, I don't know. Who else? I'm not sure if Frankie can make it, but either way, we're gonna we're gonna make it work. 
And they'll uh, still be drafting like for where, wherever they are, but right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be drafting and I'm probably going to have two screens when we're drafting so I can have my screen here and the, the share screen over here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And of course you can look forward to uh, the Tooch, Adam Shaw and myself every single Sunday, right around 1045 AM central time in about an, the hour leading up to kickoff. We'll be talking about inactive starts, sits, yep. sleepers, you know what? We're going to do it every single Sunday of football season. It is coming your way. Football season is so close. I can taste it on the tip of my tongue. Tooch, can't thank you for sticking around with us uh, yeah. for basically the, the last hour of the show, more than that. Uh, but it's definitely more yeah, entertaining fun. talking fantasy than it is White Sox baseball. Right? I just will tell you, man, uh, ever since I was a little kid, my, my uh, aunt and uncle used to live in Bridgeport. Malcolm Mike was a police officer, and he used to work the games uh security at the games afterwards i'd go i think i was like seven years old to ten years old i used to go down there man it was like 1976 i was eight and uh uh i used to go wait outside my uncle mike would be like go wait outside here wait outside the locker room when players come out it was like wilbur wood terry forster claudel washington uh ralph gar the roadrunner man it's like i loved all these guys man they used to have one one year they wore shorts (laughs) I remember, man. They had a slide in shorts, man. You better know how to slide right. <laughs> yeah, they wore them as throwbacks one year. Yeah. That's right. Those those are brutal. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, but I used to love uh, – it was old Comiskey. I went, and I would, you know, I'd go to new Comiskey, you know, and uh, I went to the last game at old Comiskey, you know. Nice. Uh, that was fun. Uh, tonight, a 9 nine nothing ass whipping at the hands of the Orioles. Just, yeah, no, I, I mean, no surprise there. Talking of moving to Nashville – you know, it's like if uh, if a team I was going to ask you guys, the team moved to Nashville, would you guys still be fans? No, no <laughs> absolutely not. I would not. Uh, Foster thinks it's my fault that the Brewers are good. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the Cubs, uh, I mean, uh, Des Moines has the Iowa Cubs, which is the triple the A uh, farm. Yep. Uh, go watch. For, go watch Peter Crow Armstrong. He's worth the price of admission on his own. If, uh, if uh, yeah, if you, I've been. I went to our company had the uh, company outing at the at the ballpark this year. I think Touchman was on the team. He had a home run that day. Uh, Sergio Alcantara still down there, uh, decent player. He homered also. They, had, they they blew out. I forget there was the Cardinals farm team Memphis and uh, blew them out. But uh, and for a while the Iowa Cubs were in first place. Um, the farm system in good shape. Uh, the uh, the White Sox, though, man, they have a lot of work to do. There's no Han. There's no Williams. Uh, any any thoughts on who might replace uh, the GM and in the as White Sox? South side? As long as long as it's not Chris Getz or Jim Tomey, I'll, I'll be happy. Camper is that the uh, that the rumor? Yeah, look out Chris for Chris Getz is the rumor. Look out for Dan Evans. Hmm. He is the well, I don't. He's got. He's with the so, Dodgers. He was the former Dodger, former Dodgers GM, mm. and he was with the White Sox a, a little while back. He's responsible for Frank Thomas and McDowell and Ventura. He hired Kim mm. Eng and trained her. She's the GM of the Marlins now. So that's who I'm hoping for at this moment. Yeah, I'll take fucking Brad Pitt and 
Jonah Hill at this point. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Vinny, Vinny and I, Vinny and Vinny and I'll do it. <laughs> I would do it. But uh, that you know, talk of leaving guaranteed rate and that, but how old is the ballpark? Built in 1991, but they right, also so refurbished. They read right. like. They did some work on it after the World Series win in in o in o five and o six. They did the work, right? And made it look different, so it's not that old. Ninety one. I remember when uh, when it was built. Um, there was you know there were people like well the, the boy the upper deck is really steep. I was like I went to a game. Like, How fucking steep could it be? It was fucking steep. You know, it's like when I went there, I was like a little scary, man. If you're if you're uh, scared of heights, you know, you get a little uh, uh, tinkly in the lowers. You know, tingly. Yeah. But uh, I guess they then they, they they adjusted that uh, the angle right for the upper deck like later on you're talking yeah. about being refurbished. Yeah, yep. it's a little. I mean, it's still steep. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. Yeah, you still don't want to fall up there. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The Cubs. Uh, Cubs are about what a game out of a wild card. Two games, maybe. No, I think I think they're firmly in a wild card spot. Okay, so uh, you guys. Uh, Cannot root for the Cubs if they make the playoffs, or that's no. fine. I'll root for them. I don't care. <laughs> no, no, fuck no. no I'm not gonna correct my, my monetary well being is impacted by the Cubs doing well, and I don't care. The Marlins, yeah, you have, I'll, uh, write, you I'll have, write about how they lost. You have <laughs> a uh, uh, futures on the Cubs winning the division. No, no, I, I, have, I, 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 I write about them for fan sided, like. So the longer they just last. cubbies, that's why no. you know about that. That's why you know about the Iowa Cubs. Then, yeah, it's not just the Cubs that I do. I do a bunch of teams, but okay. the Cubs are one of them. And yeah, I pretend to write nice things about them sometimes, but I don't right. mean it. <laughs> right. Kidding. The uh, uh, I I took the Reds when the Reds were on a hot streak to win the division. It doesn't look like they're going to win the eight, eight games back, and the Brewers have been so freaking hot recently. But uh, Red. Uh, the red uh, Reds to win the division back then was nine to one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you put fifty bucks on that, you're looking at five hundred bucks. You know, yeah, literally. Uh, but you know, uh, I don't think the Reds. The Reds just the bullpen sucks. Uh, That's right. The Cubs are Boy, getting boys. derailed with the uh, starting pitching injuries. You yeah, Stroman's out, but Justin Steele, he's dark horse Cy Young man. That dude can throw. Uh, reminds me sure, a lot of yeah. uh, reminds me a lot of some of those lefties the Sox used to throw out there, you know. Yeah, back when they were decent, but you know. Yeah. Yep. It's a thing of the past, but uh, I tell you what is a thing of the past. It's also this show. Uh, we had a. <laughs> How's that yeah, for a my, transition? My first time on Hitman, I think. Right. Yeah, this is the Tucci's first time on South Burbs Hitman. Appreciate yeah. you accepting the last minute invite. We were talking yep. pre-show. And we're like, yeah, we'll talk about the shooting. We'll talk about the relocation. And then I'm like, we should talk some fantasy. And I'm like, let's see if Adam and Tucci are available. I'm like, I know it's last minute, but appreciate you coming on. Yeah, some fun, fun. Some great fantasy tips heading into the season since we weren't able to get in a fantasy preview show. But this sort of was it. Um, we're going to hit the shout-out portion of our show. Tucci, since you're our guest, we'll let you do shout-outs first. Oh, man. Uh, shout-out you two guys for having me on. Uh Man, I'm, my uh, card four and one today for for uh, people who subscribe to my picks. There four you go. and one. I had the uh, Phillies on the money line. Boston team total over four and a half. Uh, Twins on the money line. San Diego on the run line, and the Royals 
at home with Granky lost. That was my one loss. But four and one today, up four units for for uh, subscribers. And uh, shout out to uh, Anthony and Sean if you guys uh, have seen weekend sports betting tips. Those two guys are fucking hilarious. Sean Higgs, he's yeah, guys. Good stuff. He's been a professional handicapper since the nineties. Uh, and then you know Anthony's my partner at Pounded Sports and. Uh, the, the show is funny, man. I was six and two college football week zero, massive nine up nine units for the day on uh college football. But Big English Premier stuff, Soccer, baby. English Premier League Soccer, I'm oh and three in my last three. It's just bad beats, it's tough. <sighs> yep, <laughs> but again, appreciate you, Tooch. And as yeah. always, uh, Vincenzo uh, Parisi, what do you got for shout outs, buddy? Uh, my girlfriend, Katie, thank you very much for everything. I love you. Uh, Mom, dad, Joe, we're moving into a new house. So, yeah, got that uh, going on. So, uh, no Hanover, Hanover Park, or I've been out of Hanover for a while. We're in Elgin okay. now. Elgin, so, my, my yeah. son's out that way. He's in rural Elgin, unincorporated cool. Elgin. Joe, he's my son's 24 now. Cool. Very cool. So yeah, Elgin's a nice place. Shout out them. Yep. We got you're, a big you're coming what, up. Twenty six now. I'm twenty eight. Twenty eight now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Time flies. Time yeah. flies when you're having fun. Yep. So shout out all of them. Joey's twenty six or twenty seven. Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Two years apart. Yep. Yes, sir. Love it. Love it, Vin. Uh, of course, I'm going to give a shout out to our our other co-host, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, who had to bail yeah. a little bit early because he just disappeared. Uh, his 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 son kind of got into some stuff at the house, and <laughs> he had to go t- jump into daddy duty. I've been there before, so yep. uh, appreciate you, Zim. Love you, buddy. I'm lucky uh, uh, my wife was here to get the girls down to help me. I was watching them, but she usually sleeps. She's going on the night shift in a little bit, and uh, uh, I'd like to shout her out. I got the best wife, man. <laughs> I know Joe is aren't going to argue, but uh, I was like, no, I do. We're, we're both we're both blessed. Yes, we are. We're both blessed with amazing wives. And that's where I was about to go with my shout out. Of course, shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine. I love you very much. Our our year and a half year old daughter, Audrey, who is just absolutely amazing seeing a kid grow up. She's just amazing and beautiful and running and talking. And it's the cutest thing ever. Uh, Great Dane Maverick. He's just hilarious and and the funniest dog ever. How old is Maverick now? Maverick is uh, five. Just turned three. Three. Okay. Got my Chase friend Chase. My, yeah. my friend Chase Miller in the chat. Chase, thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate it. We just got done talking some fantasy, and we're doing shout outs before we wrap things up. But uh, of course, shout out my family. Shout out all my co-hosts, Zim, uh, Vinny. Great run into you at the ball game on Saturday. That was fun. Seeing you, Katie. We'll have to have you and Katie yeah. down here. In, in Michigan for a Saint weekend Joe's. or at least for a day. Have a good time. That'd be great. Looking forward to that. Tooch, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you. Yeah, and, it was fun, man. Uh, of course, our other fantasy football goon co-host, Adam oh. Shum. Shout out to you, man. I know you were working tonight. Uh, you couldn't come on. But I don't even know how – oh, it's, it's Vinny turn, – or uh, Tooch turned that on because he's got hosting abilities. Yeah. Like, how'd, that, uh, how'd, how'd that happen? <laughs> Foster, like, uh, those are all the players I would go see when I was a kid. He's got them all there, man. Chet Lemon, man, Ralph Gar, the Roadrunner, George Orta, Richie Zisk, maybe Mitch, Eric Soderholm, Richie Zisk, they hit the ball mile. And of course, you guys don't remember, you guys don't know any of those guys. But... I was going to say, I, I was like, I don't know any of those names, man, but that's Claudel you know, Washington. I was like, 
man, I was like, I love Claudel. He was awesome, man. He was a good hitter. Uh, I would, I was like running around, Claudel, sign you sign my baseball. You know, he could yeah. sign my baseball. Like Terry Forster was like, kid, come here, come here, come here. And I, I didn't hear him. I was like, so trying to get everybody. And he had a baseball signed for me. Got a baseball from Terry Forster. Go, love that. Yep. And, uh, Ron, I, I said Adam Shaw, but as I talked about Tooch, Adam Shaw, and myself, yep. a reminder again to everybody, fantasy football goon coming your way on the Barroom Network every Sunday of football season, yep. right around 1045 Central, right after the Barfly Tailgate Show. We'll yep. get you ready every week for fantasy football. And, of course, I want to give another shout-out uh, to Mike North. I, I, I'm i doing oh, yeah. somebody, somebody big just died with Mike North uh, when we have uh, celebrity and you know pop culture deaths. And we did one today on earlier, a busy day for me, busy evening. 99 years old. We did Bob Barker today, 99 years old, the legendary Bob Barker. So that was a great show. Yeah, if you want to go hosting, check that out. Hosting Price is Right when I was a kid. When we I did it for 35 70s. years. Yeah. 70s? I thought it was the 80s. It was the 80s then. Tooch, he got as close to a dollar as he could at 99. Oh, man. Yeah. Without going over. That's right. Um, <laughs> that, but no. Was that Mike's joke or your joke? Uh, neither of us did it. I just okay. thought of it now. That's a good one. But man. I should have should have thought of that on the yeah. air. But yeah. it's all good. Yep. But uh, shout out to Mike for for trusting me to come on and and of course you know another shout out to Aldo Gandia, the barkeeper, who's yep. you know he's, he's he's doing his thing. He's getting back to health and taking care of himself. Yep. And you know he's him it and happened, Mike trust, trusted Tom- me to yeah tomorrow night Dan and Aldo show with Tooch. That's right. You got Dan and Aldo eight, tomorrow eight night. Eight Great o'clock. shows on the Barroom Network. Uh, you also got Gabriel talking football on Wednesday. You've got Bardown talking hockey. Uh, you've yeah. got Crosstown Crosstalk coming I still up can't on Thursday. Golden Knights won it all. Like, Mid season, I was like, I don't think they had a chance, you know? They were but damn good. They were damn mm-hmm. good at the end of the season, man. They're damn good. Anything yep. can happen, but great shows coming up on the network. Make sure you mash that subscribe button. Because it's great barroom content coming to you all year long. We're talking Bears, talking fantasy. You got White Sox. You got everything, every sport you could ever imagine. We'll talk about it on here. Don't miss it. You're going to want to see it all. And, you know, that's all I got for shout outs. Hell of a show tonight, boys. Again, shout out to Steven Zim Zimmerman, who couldn't be here with us. Reminder to everybody there is no South Burbs Hitmen a week from today on Labor Day, but we are doing. The Barroom Network Fantasy Draft, which will be live here yeah. at 8 p.m. Central Time. Going to be a hell of a and time. Then the Make Goon sure League Draft is the day after, right? The Goon League Draft is the day before. It is on Sunday, the day before Labor Day. Okay, Sunday night, right? Yes. Okay. So hell, hell of a fun stuff coming up. Football season's on us. It's fantasy season. Hit us up at, at, at FFB Goon, at Joe mm-hmm. Mandel. At Papa Bear, I don't know, and Adam's full handle off the top of my head. It's Papa Bear something. Tooch, what's your full handle now? At John Santucci VIP. Yep, and Santucci VIP. And then Adam Shaw is at Papa Bear 816. So hit us up for the fantasy news you need. And, of course, we'll still be doing this show all the rest of baseball season, talking White Sox, talking randomness, talking whatever we want to talk. Heck of a show tonight, guys. Yeah, anything you good, want to add, Vin? Good fantasy. Well, keep keep watching the shows. Keep reading the articles. We'll see you guys real soon. That's right. And as always, no matter how bad they suck, no matter how bad they get beat down, no matter how many bullets fall from the sky, that one's probably a little bit too soon of a joke. Just but <laughs> as always, 
Let's go, White Sox. And we'll see you guys next week. Adios. Thank <laughs> you.